0: Today's episode of the Benchers Assemble is brought to you by the Naughty Law Group. Now, check this out. It is simple. I say it all the time. Mike, you already know. You're used to this. Uh, There's one lawyer that you need to talk to if anything is going wrong. And look, with summer coming up, things are going awry. You know, look. That, you know, people want to move and everything, but luckily the best attorney on the planet and one who is adept at handling and dealing with landlords, right? Look, landlords, we even look at them and say, you know what? Um, we, we see that name. They really want to settle because they know that they are in for a world of hurt. That's because our good friend, John Naughty, takes care of everyone. He is the people's attorney. Check him out. That's www.naughtylawgroup.com. So everybody, uh, on the bingers, we, you know, we will be... Going we into something pretty fun today, all right. We're doing these things a little bit differently. Uh, we got a little little short short cast, uh, but that's because we you know we want to get the best basketball minds in the con- in the country to be talking about this. So we're going to be talking about you know, winning time with the Lakers. Uh, but some upcoming news. Look, everyone, I've said it before. Uh, if you have not heard the weekly shift. On hiatus, as there are going to be some changes, as it's likely going the filmed variety, but uh, the podcast will continue. Um, it's just that expected to be on a new network. As uh, properties within Star Mata, they always grow. Um, so you know, we are never sad to see them go. Right? We want them. We want them uh, to spread. Uh, also, we have a few new podcasts that will be coming up. However, we want to get to what everybody's been talking about. And coming up, winning time, the Lakers dynasty. Coming up next.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy Mikey P, aka the Latino Heat, aka the Mexican Sidewinder, and I'm out here with my boy Chris Dan Wiggins.
0: Man, nice! I love that you get a cool nickname, and then I just get a uh, four-letter word as my nickname. But I'm excited to be here, man. Uh, I mean, you could give yourself a nickname, bro. Well, no, I'm not Kobe Bryant, right? It's uh, the, and we're we're not talking about those Lakers right today, so uh, I can't give myself a nickname.
1: I mean, you can. Scott Bauer was here, though. It'd be a different story. but uh,
0: <laughs> suburban, suburban Scott Bauer, man. Suburban
1: Scotty B. Yeah, so, he's uh, be missing.
0: Two. Yeah,
1: it's just going to be the two of us today because um, Scott Bauer is missing in action. He's out in, uh, in the woods of Ohio looking for Sasquatch. Uh,
0: I love that he's always in Ohio looking for something. I think he protested due to the fact that he wanted to cover the Craig Ewell and Ron Harper Cavaliers, and we said there's no one to ever waste a movie on, on anything about Ohio. Yeah, we said absolutely not. Like, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, like we're willing to do Tommy Boy in Ohio or whatever. That's about it. <laughs> it's
1: as far as it goes.
0: Yeah, not, none of
1: this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, we uh, we got a treat for everybody today. You know, this is one of the most talked about shows out right now. And who would have thought that it'd be about the Lakers? I mean, oh, good lord. Obviously, it'd be about the Lakers, yeah, right? Yeah, good lord. We're sounding a little biased here, but uh, let's be honest. Yeah. Showtime Lakers best basketball era ever I'll agree with that part and I'd say I'd even go as far as saying
0: it's the best basketball dynasty ever okay I didn't know I didn't say all that maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe like those late I don't know that was it eight in a row by the late 50s and most of the 60s Celtics yeah but I mean
1: they're playing against like a bunch of plumbers and cab drivers let's be honest <laughs> tomato cans nah I mean we're not talking about boxing so I'm not gonna go as far as calling them <laughs> tomato cans but uh <laughs> They're definitely definitely playing against some regular dudes.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. We I guess I mean, I guess if the 90s Bulls didn't exist, I guess you can say that this Lakers is the best dynasty ever. <laughs> uh, I got well, to love the 90s Bulls. Yeah, like we don't count it by the number of championships. We just count it by Mike's love of fest and like the t-shirts he would wear from the swap meet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I still have them. Yeah, I'm pretty, I, bet, yeah. But I still have them. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Laker fans y'all are the most carrying of old ass shit like I can't tell you how many garages I've been in where there's some 1987 NBA championship like cup that you get from like a Arco or something like that that's in someone's garage that they use to hold tools and stuff or someone just randomly you go to a girl's house and she randomly has like a throwback uh, t-shirt and I'm just like ugh like you don't see that with other teams
1: this is the thing bro It's like Merchandise ends up becoming like a family heirloom. Like, you've got people that have stuff that was, like, passed on for generations. Like, no, no, that cup was not passed on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so we have a special treat for everybody. We're going to be going deep into uh, winning time by HBO, the series. So before we get started, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like Chris Wiggins is a little salty about the fact that... uh the Lakers were a, a dynasty team in the 80s, but we're going to bypass all that, including my own personal bias. Much um, bias, even. might add. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. try to push that aside and just keep it 100.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm looking at the notes. It says, talk about the bias of the show as the first, very <laughs> first thing.
1: I mean, listen... It wouldn't be it wouldn't be a show if there wasn't some bias included into it. It's right. the same reason that people listen to Fox News and listen to CNN. Like <laughs> they need something that leans in their direction.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna be way better than Fox News. I promise you all that. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm not
1: the Tucker Carlson of podcasting. You think he roots for the Lakers? Absolutely not. No, why not? And if he does, we don't claim him. He, he seems like the demographic. Nah, we don't. We won't claim that dude. Yeah. yeah okay. All, all right. Right. Do, But do, go do on... We, Going into the show, uh, because I don't want to talk about his ass. Uh, So a lot of people ask, you know, how did this show get started? What happened? What caused someone to write and create a a show about, you know, the 1980s Lakers? Um, And the show was basically created by uh, an individual named Max Bornstein uh, and another man named Jim Hecht. And um, basically Bornstein based it on the book called Showtime. Magic Kareem Riley and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s, which, beautiful title, by the way. Um, It's written by a man named Jeff Perlman. And um, the book basically is based on what the title says, the 1980s Lakers Dynasty. And so uh, Bornstein basically read this book and decided, hey, let's make a show of it. And, you know, the show basically chronicles the 1980s uh the nineteen eighty, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Lakers team, specifically only nineteen eighty. Um and the reason why you decided to go with this team is because this is the team that officially launched the beginning of the Showtime era, Lakers. Um and it kind of dives into, you know, a storyline that involves the different characters who were real characters in real life. Uh we start to go into, you know, the life of Dr. Jerry Buss, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Jerry West, Pat Riley, Norm Nixon. And of course, many other players and, and individuals as well. It um, starts to go into the storyline really, beginning with Dr. Buss, getting involved with the Lakers. You know, he formed a group to purchase the team. And what's interesting about it is it starts off with the state of the NBA in 1980 and the weak structure of the league, which basically, you know, ironically now is a worldwide phenomenon. So. It's just interesting to see how it started off and they're saying you know this team is going to go bankrupt this league is barely hanging on and now you know we can argue that the nba is probably the strongest or second strongest league in the nation and probably one of the biggest sports outside of uh, soccer in the world but um so from there it goes on to tell the story about how the lakers had the first overall pick um and they're basically faced with the difficult choice you know are they going to go with magic johnson the rookie with a very nice smile who had just won the ncaa tournament or go with larry bird the country kid who can shoot you know lights out and obviously the rest is history because we know the decision that dr bus made and who the celtics ended up picking with the
0: second pick um uh i think our, ma- our math might be a little bit off uh, i think larry bird was chosen the year before magic and he just returned to college just as an aside, but it's a common it's a common misnomer. Uh, yeah, he never hired an agent, so he had gotten picked, and the uh, Celtics kept his rights. Um, then he came back for that year, and then played against. Magic and then played against... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I'm going uh, off what
1: who... the I'm going off what the show was uh, portraying on there, so I apologize for uh,
0: the misinformation. Uh, man, Mike, Mike, miss Mike, miss a very part of the first episode. They even talked about that. <laughs> I'm trying to summarize the whole thing, but well, all right, yeah, man, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike was just like, he, Mike was just like getting giddy, looking at Magic, smile, and everything like that, and, like rubbing his inner thigh. And he's like, I, all right, you
1: know, I don't need to spend time talking about Larry Bird and the Celtics.
0: <laughs> <like>. <laughs> Yeah. Right. If I gotta if I gotta sit
1: here live if if I gotta you know stretch the truth twist a little bit why not yeah all right
0: yeah only only want to do that because I know our Twitter people be coming for us like uh, just talking shit like oh these people get facts wrong and stuff like that so I yeah. want to point to... So, hey uh, to our eighteen Twitter followers like go fuck yourselves <laughs> uh, you don't can't correct us today I mean unless they're all Laker fans right uh, well even go fuck themselves even more
1: nah yeah, yeah those are my people don't talk about people all like right. that yeah anyway. So, um, you know, we basically get a glimpse of how the Showtime era got started. And, um, you know, going after the picks and obviously everything that Wiggins just mentioned, uh, the show starts diving into how that season got started. You know, everybody always credits Pat Riley with the creation of, you know, Showtime Basketball. But the show really displays that uh, prior to Pat Riley even getting involved, um, it actually all started with a man named Jack McKinney, and an interesting storyline within that is how he ended up being chosen as the coach because someone else was a front runner for that pick. And obviously, with what we saw on there, there's a little bit of drama uh, involving a murder and everything else, which we'll touch up on later. But, um, you know, we get to see the journey of Dr. Buss and how he basically put all his chips into the table and, you know, gambled on, on the purchase of the team and, you know, how he really had to get creative with you know launching the brand of of the la lakers and so we saw the birth of you know everything from the laker girls to the showtime basketball brand um we get to follow them along the season and we see them from the moment that they're practicing under jack mckinney's system and and really struggling to buy into the system to the first game that they debuted against the one and only san diego clippers
0: yes sir
1: (laughs) Uh, which is also interesting to see because obviously we know them now as the LA Clippers But um, once upon a time they were based out of San Diego and played in the sports arena when it was actually a decent venue But uh, anybody that's from the city will tell you It still has a lot of character
0: Interesting fact, uh, Pat Riley who is mentioned in here but they don't, I don't think they talk about this in the entire 11 episodes uh, Pat Riley actually played professional basketball in San Diego in the 70s Did you know this?
1: Um I knew this from looking at his Wikipedia. Oh okay. Right. But nobody ever really talks about that, you know. Yeah, they yeah, talk the, about him playing for the Lakers and obviously winning the championship with Jerry West.
0: Yeah, um, so he was a uh, top pick by the old San Diego Rockets back in the day.
1: Oh, back when they were the Rockets.
0: Yeah, yeah, back in the old green and gold uh, the green and gold days. Uh, I think that they played they they played at the Sports Arena too.
1: Yeah. Prior to the, making the move to Houston.
0: Yeah, that arena is a dump. Which uh, was
1: interesting because the Clippers were originally from Buffalo, made the yeah. check out to San Diego, and then ended up in LA. Yeah,
0: I, I yeah, I don't know how the Rockets, like how that nickname ever would have worked in San Diego. Yeah, no,
1: there's no space station we had in that. Yeah, area. at least with Houston, it correlates. It's like all right.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's very unfortunate. Like, I mean, Clipper, Clippers works in San Diego since it's at it's by the sea um, right. and everything, you know. But and it still works in LA, right? Because there's still boats out here, so. Um, like, like all of our, some of our followers, like Ooh, we thought that the Clippers were about barbershops. <laughs> oh man! Shout out to everybody who names their barbershops something along the lines
1: of Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, the, all the all the Cali Clippers out there. I yeah. Think I know at least ten of them in the city where I'm at.
0: Oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably. I'm, I mean, a lot of yeah, a lot of jazz barbershops in uh th- in my part of town. Well,
1: shout out to the jazz barbershops.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah thunder
1: but um, yeah so we get to see all these you know older teams we get a glimpse of the blood feud with the boston celtics which lives on still to this day and most importantly we get to witness the path to the 1980 nba championship i know sounds like a lot but the writers did an amazing job of summarizing the storyline perfectly and delivering the best possible spark notes version of the book and delivering it with the best visual experience possible. So, Wiggins, enough said about the show. What were your initial thoughts when you first heard HBO was releasing a series about the Lakers, and what did you think of the show after watching it?
0: All right, uh, well, I actually told you about the show in 2019, if you recall, uh, because I was trying to get casted in the show, as this one kid named Roshan that I used to work with had uh, told me about this, uh, had told me about the show. uh, Reached out, and the casting director uh, actually did follow back up with me uh, twice and then somehow I was never invited to read um, and I was hoping to play Magic or uh, Kareem in some capacity so I'll say this so I had known about it was excited heard about you know it, it being greenlit and once the ca- cast was picked I was patiently waiting for this to come and boy did it not d- disappoint in any capacity um, Look, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not like the biggest Adam McKay guy, like, and I, I you know, I know that his his, his his fingerprints are all over this, and like the style that it's, uh, it's similar to that movie, The Big Short, right?
1: Right, as a director.
0: Yeah. yeah, right. So similar in style to this, right? I think it absolutely works and brings a little bit of, I, for some reason, it fits the the colorful flair of like the breaking of the fourth wall, um, the sort of daredevil, uh, the comic book style. Breaking of the fourth wall and like random clips that you'd see and like notes on screen about people. I think it works for the quirkiness that this starts in 1979, um, and I think that it like that, that level of camp fits right. And then blending that in with the action and drama we got, um, it, it told it told an amazing story. Um, you know, I didn't. Uh, one of the big things is I um, I knew Paul Westfall was the original Lakers coach, and I don't, and then Magic Johnson would go on to get him fired, and Pat Riley would replace him. Um, I actually didn't have any idea until I watched the show that Pat Riley was already out of the commentary booth and actually uh, assistant coach for the team. I thought that he had been in the broadcast booth and then randomly got picked to be the head coach or what have you. And I only learned about Jack McKinney as a coach maybe about five or six months uh, before here because I thought it was always Paul Westfall. And so uh, I know I texted you at one point and talking about the thing where – he enters his head or whatever, and like, oh wow, this is more brutal than you could have read on Wikipedia or any of the like New York Times stories or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think they did a great job. The casting in this was just superb, like across the board. Um, you had you had quite a few standout performances. I know that when we give out awards, we're going to go over this, or, or you know, but I, I think that they did a good job. That, that casting director did a, fa- a fantastic job, and the show was well. Well, well scripted, well structured, and then the cinematography, right? To get some of the that 70s, that late 70s flair and aesthetic I think was very impressive. It, like it, it almost reminds me, uh, this might, this is going to age me, that's, well that's fine, but it reminds me the first time you watch that uh, 90210, it's 1990 and you're still coming. <laughs> you're coming out of one decade, right? And that previous decade, it's it, 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 there, like remnants of it are still there, right? Because it's only like a year, it's only a year later, right? Um, and so to be able to match that it's, it's this thing's about the 80s or whatever right but the, the, this whole story or whatever that all of that starts in 1979 and they did a good job of uh, highlighting it right and I think that like a probably a more inexperienced showrunner would have played up the 80sness right and over and, and like left out the detail on this season of it being uh, being like the start of it had taken place in the 70s yeah
1: that's a good point um I also want to just shout out the fact that you love shouting out 90210 every opportunity you get. Oh, I mean,
0: it's an amazing show. They also <laughs> refer- they reference the Lakers in the show a lot, too.
1: I mean, that's the only thing that I'll, uh, I'll give the show props for. Um, I'm not personally, like, a big fan of it, but I appreciate your uh, your love for the show. Um, real quick, before I go into everything else, because it's interesting that you mentioned that you had uh, actually tried to get casted for the show. Um as Magic or Kareem, Uh, tell us a little bit about the casting process, because I feel like people would like to know, you know, just a quick glimpse of like, what it's like,
0: Uh, well, there's not much I can say, since they didn't invite me to read, Um, they had just basically put out an open casting call, Um, what do you call it, Yeah, they put out an open casting call, saying anybody that has some level of basketball skill, Uh, please come by, and so I I never, I wanted to play Magic of Kareem, however, like, I never read for that or anything like that, Um, so, like, they did, like, this was open to quite a few people, they just happened to see it, and I had reached out, like, pretty late in the process, too, and still got a reply, so that was pretty cool, and then uh, they asked you for headshots and a little bit of information on you, and, like, if you played and where you played and such like that.
1: Gotcha. So, like, they legitimately were looking for someone who had experience playing basketball. Was not just like, hey, you're tall and, you know, you look good on camera?
0: Yeah, which, which you know, I would have, like, I would have hit all three marks, right? <laughs> <laughs> not to sound narcissistic, right? No, no, definitely to sound narcissistic, all right? Yeah, Lex Luger style, <laughs> baby. Uh, that's
1: interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, no doubt. Just a little bit of curiosity they about that. Listen, I I think you would have deserved at least to get casted as one of like,
0: if yeah. not Magic
1: or Kareem, just you know even like the ops, you know. Yeah, like can't I be, on... yeah,
0: can't be on the 76ers?
1: Yeah, <laughs> the 76ers, They could have put you on the San Diego Clippers. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would have been perfect. That would have been a dream come true. Yeah, man. So
1: casting directors, you guys did a good job, but you should have given my boy Wiggins a shot,
0: man. Yeah, exactly. fucked up. Yeah, like next next season is still opportunity. So that's why they reveal any <laughs> secrets yeah
1: I mean for me like honestly so uh, Wiggins yes you did tell me about the show in 2019 and then I kind of forgot about it because obviously 2020 we went through you know the chaos that was COVID-19
0: oh what you mean something happened in 2020 that uh, changed people's perception on everything
1: so I mean yeah. I don't like to talk about the first thing that happened but you know we lost yeah. the great Kobe Bryant uh, to kick off the year and I feel like that really uh, you know took everyone's minds out of um certain things about the lakers you know because everybody was distraught myself included um yeah but i don't want to make this about myself it's more just along the lines of like what the brand was looking like and then obviously then we went through covid and then the lockdown the nba season shut down and then you know they went into the bubble and obviously the lakers won at all and you know Fuck all the haters who want to call it a bubble ring, a Disney ring, a Mickey Mouse ring, whatever you want to call it. The fact is, they won a the championship.
0: And yeah, I'd be happy with a uh,
1: Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah, exactly. A lot of teams would, you know. Yeah. But um, Not Warrior fans, they said. that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, we don't talk about them. But bes- yeah. that's that's besides the point. What I'm, I'm gearing towards is that, you know, a lot of people's minds got distracted from prior information. And so when finally... Uh, towards like the end of 2021 when it was officially announced and at this point they had a trailer and they had you know um marketing for the show um it became announced through a lot of the lakers threads and on twitter that you know the show was going to debut the following year and um i think a lot of people are skeptical myself included you know because it's like it's it's big shoes to fill you know like people that lived it that witnessed it that saw it you know it's it's like when you read a book and then they make a movie out of it and then you watch the movie and you're like ah, the book was better and so i think a lot of people were skeptical in the sense that they didn't know what to expect and i think people were ready to hate it if they felt that it you know didn't live up to the expectations or didn't live up to the truth and um surprisingly a lot of people really like the show it's gotten a lot of great reception you know if you go on twitter you'll see you know people praise it and i think it's really the only people that hate it are the ones that are portrayed in the show which is interesting but also not because you know you're going to have a different perception if they're portraying you as opposed to being an outsider but we'll get into that afterwards um the main thing I want to talk about right now is just, uh, the background of, on the film and the making, because as Wiggins and I were discussing, um, you know, he obviously was attempting to get casted for the show back in 2019, but in reality, I mean, this was in the making since 2014, uh, 420, of 2014 screenwriter Jim Hex. I know what uh, I was doing that day. <laughs> right? I think yeah. we all know. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, Jim Hecht is known for being uh, one of the writers behind Ice Age 2. Um, what a turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> what a Fuck, big yeah. turnaround. Big <laughs> yeah. turnaround for him. Yeah,
0: what? <laughs> Shit.
1: Uh, kid's From a kid's cartoon to a, an HBO series. So Shout out to him. Is that, the guy who
0: did up. Madagascar going to be the, doing like the Aaron Hernandez miniseries or what? <laughs> Listen, that's talent right there. If you can switch up the game. But he
1: somehow read this book... Thought that this would be a perfect opportunity, and so he flew across the country to visit the home of a uh, sports writer and author, Jeff Perlman, who was the author of this book, and um, he basically pitched an adaptation of Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles, like, Los Angeles Lakers dynasty, and he basically said, hey, like we could film this similarly to the way that Friday Night Lights was filmed, which ironically is a Chris Wiggins favorite.
0: Yeah, wow, it's surprising we've never done that.
1: <laughs> Soon.
0: No, one of these yeah. days. Uh-huh. I won't get into it because we're going to be mad that we haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he throws it in my face every, every chance he gets. No, so. I throw it
0: in Bowers, to Bowers as well, right? Yeah, it's, well, it's, we throw everything in Bowers' face. Yeah, like, us uh, like be honest. The, yeah, the amount of, like, we wa- we do every, uh, I mean, I know we haven't done anything baseball yet, though, so I won't <laughs> say anything. Yeah. We should. I'd be down to do baseball. Ma- Major League 1, 2, and 3? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The rookie of the Year? Major League. The natural? We can no, talk about
1: major. it. Okay. Right. <laughs> we can talk about it. Right. But, um... So, according to the Hol- the story written by the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Hecht went and visited Perelman and brought him a bottle of non-alcoholic wine, mm-hmm. a block of chocolate... Sounds like Mike's house. ...and a tomato as an offering to convince him to sell him the rights to the book. Who... Mike Gibbs. Who the... F- well, first of all, alcohol
0: is always... A prime gift. Mike will re-gift you some non-alcoholic wine. Nah,
1: I've <laughs> never given anyone non. I didn't even know non-alcoholic wine existed, to be honest.
0: <laughs> Wait, until you wrote this.
1: It's like the. I mean, I always knew duels existed.
0: Okay, no, remember I got that. Uh, what's that? Uh, what's our business owner that was on one of our episodes? Uh, we had gotten. I got her that uh, non-alcoholic wine that I got tagged in. She don't drink. Uh, I think she was doing the Dry January. Oh, so, gotcha. She well, you know.
1: respecting people's pledges.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, she could have got it for herself. But like, yeah, it wasn't anything special. She had like a Yahoo email still, so um, she would not like up to times. How much I mean, you I pay think, for that?
1: How much you pay for that non-alcoholic wine? Just out uh, of curiosity. She's
0: listening sixty dollars.
1: <laughs> okay, actually, it's more than what I would have yeah, expected. Yeah, really I paid like twenty. Yeah, I, I, I would have expected like, a non-alcoholic it. bottle of wine to go for like ten dollars.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think twenty is, but she's listening sixty. So, yeah. <laughs> she's listening a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Spent a yeah. hundred dollars on that bottle. Yeah, someone brought me a box of little wines today for wine tasting. Um it's pretty great. 13% alcohol.
1: No wonder you're slurring right now, bro. Yeah,
0: well, it, well I'm trying to I'm trying to mask out your chair. Dude, uh, look, do I gotta send you a new chair? Nah, it's my table. Man, You need to get one of those Chick Hern tables. Man, I you you, yeah. I need to get one of those
1: tables that fucking moves up.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, the little the hydraulic lift. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need one of those. You think Chick Hearn would have used one of those or no?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, Chick Hearn would be saying that my my table is jiggling like the Jello in the fridge.
0: You
1: know <laughs> <mean>? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, rest in peace, Chick Hearn. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, one of the greats.
0: Hey, so so uh, to me, I I don't I I don't know if Pearlman or Heck are weird, but chocolate like a block of chocolate into. I hope this is dark chocolate at least.
1: Yeah, I mean at least dark chocolate, you know, you can yeah, say like, oh it's craft. Like a it's a block of
0: milk chocolate and a tomato. <laughs>
1: it's Belgian, it's imported. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well so Heck went on to say like he had no money, so if Perlman had been like, Hey, I want thirty thousand dollars for this, like he would have been screwed. Yeah. Which is funny because then it's like, so how much did you spend on this stuff? Like that's why I was asking about the non alcoholic wine. So let, let's let's yeah. let's let's uh, add <laughs> this all up just okay. for fun. Yeah. Let's say you spent twenty dollars on the wine, like five dollars on a block of chocolate, and like a dollar on the tomatoes. So, bro, <laughs> you spent twenty six dollars to just pitch
0: someone. A tomato, right? Not yeah. like a, bag a of tomato, to like seventy nine cent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God. yeah, like dog. You spent twenty six dollars to try to pitch someone to give you the rights to their book.
0: Hey, would you? How much would you sell your life rights for?
1: My life rights? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't sell it.
0: Like the rights to your like the story about your life.
1: I mean, if I had to, I'd probably do like Homeboy from Indonesia that uh, sold his like f- last 20 years of his pictures as an NFT for like a mil. Mm. I'd probably do some shit like that, you know?
0: So, not, so, but, so it wouldn't just be the non alcoholic wine, the tomato, and the. Just nah, like, I wouldn't even right, get a bag, bro. Gonna, he should have drove or taken a cheaper flight. That's
1: what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, this Take, guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know how he came up with this. I mean, he must be a good writer.
0: And what happened? Yeah, and what happened to the Ice Age money? Shit, he probably blew it all. <laughs> yeah, Spent fun it fun. all on uh,
1: cool. strippers and PCP. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like,
0: no offense, Jim Hack. Like, if you're listening, but God, <laughs> it's just bad. Yeah,
1: uh, for anyone, uh, for anyone that doesn't understand the PCP reference, uh, shout out to Chappelle's Show, the World Series of Dice. Yeah, if anybody Heck caught that, that reference?
0: Jim Hecht doesn't... Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Jim Heck doesn't even have, like... Yeah, he's, like, barely Googleable, this guy. I don't know, what the <laughs> hell? Poor Jim Hecht. Yeah, this guy, uh, he looks like he didn't cope. <laughs> well,
1: apparently, Berman was was as desperate as uh, as Hecht was because uh, from what The Hollywood Reporter said is that he had tried to option several of his books and nothing ever happened. And so I don't know if maybe the rest of his books just sucked or if he was just a terrible individual at, like, trying to pitch things. Um, oh, man. Terrible salesman at trying to pitch things. I shouldn't say ter- terrible individual. Um, but nothing ever happened. So basically, I'm assuming that the $26 worth of non-alcoholic wine and chocolate and the tomato were enough to get him to agree to let Hector to shop his book around town for a year. And uh, luckily, in 2015, producer Kevin M- Messick uh, convinced Adam McKay to direct and produce the pilot
0: episode. So, nice. shit worked out in their favor. I want to get back to Jim Heck. I looked at his IMDb. Uh, uh-huh. So, okay. You remember uh, 100 uh, Deeds for Eddie McDowell on Nickelodeon? Yes. Yeah, he was an associate producer on that. Um, huh. And apparently he wrote... He was a crew assistant on that shitty movie, Robots, the Pixar... I think that was a Pixar Dreamworks. Probably DreamWorks. So you, you, like, you remember back in the day, like... A Pixar film will come out and then a DreamWorks one. You look at the DreamWorks one, you're like, oh, they got the B talent. So, yeah, that robot, he was a crew member on that robots movie, wrote Ice Age and Meltdown, and then went on to, oh, dude, he wrote one episode of Tyena. Huh, interesting. So, yeah.
1: Basically, we can say that he was on DreamWorks and Nickelodeon simultaneously, simultaneously, right? Fairly
0: Odd Parents and the Romeo's TV show. And he also wrote, I guess... What was what that, uh, of- Yo Romeo? Uh, just Romeo. Miranda's okay. little brother is basically the kid's... Is basically his character from, uh, Honey, um, transported to a show.
1: <laughs> yeah, that show was actually pretty good, though. Like, I-, I used to watch it.
0: Yeah, so this guy worked on Guts back in the day and all that, but he only did one episode of each. Man, they must... This guy must suck. Like, outside yeah, so of doing he- this... Uh, like, I mean, I don't mean to shit on the dude, but good lord, like, they... He comes in, hey, can you do one episode? Yeah, okay. he does it, and then they go, okay, well, no more for you?
1: Let me ask you this. Does you have a plaque at Nickelodeon Studios? Because, I mean, he
0: did a lot. Uh, he did a lot there. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Well, what's the one that's in uh, sun, on Sunset?
1: Uh, the one in Florida.
0: Well, that, ooh, dude, that one's closed down. Did you know that? Ah, uh-huh. I didn't know uh, I got to send you the video, but, yeah, it's really depressing. Uh, they closed it down in 2005. Um, and, oh, like, you're
1: right. They moved it, right? Moved it. Now it's up uh, in... Like, been...
0: Well, no, it's just on. this only the sunset one is left, but I think that one's closed down too. But I've seen videos on the on the Orlando one because I always wanted to go there. Um, and like people have like done videos going inside. It's very depressing, like watching all the old stuff. Uh, like, like it's all like a, it's all abandoned. Yeah, all abandoned. Yeah, right. Oh shit! We should go sneak in. Yeah, you love checking out abandoned places. I do. Yeah, so let's do that. Maybe we'll find a Jim Hack has a pro- plaque there. Yeah. Yeah. Look out
1: for the YouTube channel. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Chris it might get shot by the police at the abandoned Nickelodeon. oh police. god no no
1: I don't even want to put that out in the universe like that uh, shot by a
0: firefighter going back so
1: 2015 Adam McKay gets convinced to direct and produce the pilot episode flash forward four years later now we're looking at April 2019 and the show gets picked up by HBO and HBO orders a pilot of the series which by then had been written by Max Bornstein so going back to what Wiggins was saying about Hecht Maybe his initial script wasn't the greatest, and so bringing in Bornstein was really what you know brought it up to the next level. But uh, yeah,
0: Bornstein's—I like Bornstein. You know what he did? You know a movie I love that he did. Which one? Uh, okay, so John C. Riley's in it. Um, half the cast of Straight Outta Compton and a quarter of the Avengers. Think of, uh, Giant Eight. King Kong. Okay, Kong Skull Island.
1: Uh, Skull Island, yeah, because I was gonna say the dude that played Eze was in there. I yeah, yeah, him. and
0: uh, Doctor Dre, and then uh, yeah, uh, which Loki, is... lo- Captain Marvel, and uh, uh, your boy Samuel L. L.? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and then John C. Riley was in it. Yeah, so I've watched that movie probably forty plus times. I absolutely love it. Every time it's on, it's just an absolute thrill. But he wrote that. Oh. That's dope.
1: Shout out to Bornstein, then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's clearly the brains of this, like, Jim <laughs> right? He's
1: the one that took it to the next level. Yeah.
0: He also did the Godzilla movie, and uh, the Godzilla movies, like, the King of All Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong, and so he's in charge of all that, I guess. Okay.
1: That's his that's his jam, then. Yeah, King Kong and Godzilla.
0: Universal's just milking the shit out of him, you know? Literally, I mean,
1: <laughs> so we go from a guy who... Uh, works for DreamWorks and does a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff to a guy that does King Kong and Godzilla, and somehow they were able to put this together. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, shout out to them. Uh, The series was initially referred to by the title of Pearlman's book, Showtime, but for whatever reason, it remained untitled, and it's rumored that HBO didn't want to acknowledge the show by that title because they didn't want to create any confusion with their premium cable and streaming competitor of the same name, Showtime.
0: Yeah, I had always thought that this was going to be on Showtime, even when I had submitted the casting, because I thought it made sense. I did too. Yeah, it's but I can understand. Uh, interesting enough, the title, um, yeah, I do, do you know of anything else called Winning Time?
1: No. And to be honest with you, like, 30%. I would refer to it as Showtime on many occasions, until like, probably halfway through the season, I was like, oh shit, no, it's Winning Time.
0: Yeah, I thought it was called Showtime, the story of the uh, Lakers. However, my confusion is that there is something else called winning time, if you remember the 30 for 30 with Reggie Miller. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, someone brought that to my attention today as I said, hey, we're covering winning time. And then they're like, what, the 30 for 30? I go, no, what the hell? There's no 30 for 30. And then they go, oh, they go, blah, blah, blah. Was that, Reggie Miller? I go, no, that would have been Miller time. <laughs> and I went and checked, and, I, and then I was like, sure enough, that person was right. It was winning time. Yeah, one of the higher rated ones. I mean, let's be honest, like,
1: we would never cover Reggie Miller. I would. I don't... Whoa. Okay. I stand corrected. I don't hate the guy, I'm just... I was never a fan.
0: Well, he got in that fight with Kobe that he
1: won. Yeah. Uh, Let's not talk about about
0: that. Yeah. (laughs) At worst, it was a tie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Reggie. I I ain't trying to talk about old stuff. Anyway. So, yeah, they didn't want to acknowledge it because of their competitor... And I wouldn't even say it's a rumor at this point, because uh, executive Casey Bloys basically went on to acknowledge that this was true. He basically said, yeah, no, we didn't want to name anything after them. So uh, in December of 2021, HBO officially greenlit the entire series. And a week later, on December 8th, they announced that the series would be titled Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. And um, according to that same executive that was interviewed, Casey Bloys, uh, they decided to go with Winning Time because... It's a phrase that's already associated with Magic Johnson, allegedly. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that's really true or not. I mean, I've never heard winning time associated with Magic Johnson, like yeah, like, because, like you said, you know, winning time. Uh, a lot of people think of the thirty for thirty about Reggie, but that's yeah. what they're saying.
0: Yeah, it just yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I don't know where that's associated with them. <laughs> I've never seen any. Yeah, there's a lot of other terms uh, that are associated with Magic Johnson that they could call this.
1: Yeah. Exactly. instead of winning time but I mean I guess I exactly. thought it would work Showtime winning okay. time uh, yeah. filming of the show was done primarily in LA of course why not and the project began filming on April 12th of 2021 and it concluded in October uh on Halloween, actually, um, of 2021. So about six months of filming, not too bad. Uh, HBO went on to announce the title in December 2021, and the pilot episode officially aired on March 6th of 2022. So um, as I was mentioning earlier about how, like, you know, Wiggins had told me about it, and then later on in the year, in 2021, they had started to um, announce that it was releasing, and it was all over socials and everything. So I feel like December is when, like, it really started to blow up. the show like I mentioned received much acclaim and the critical responses were obviously great um, otherwise we wouldn't be doing well we would be doing this because I'd be biased but <laughs> <laughs> Wiggins wouldn't be on the show if it wasn't um, I'm gonna
0: skip this episode too but yeah
1: but even you had to admit it was good
0: yeah, uh, yeah, it was definitely good. Yeah, it was riveting. I would rush home <laughs> every Sunday to make sure I watched it, and I would stay up to one in case I got home late to watch it. Yeah, that was dope. Uh,
1: it currently holds an 84% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, with an average rating of 7.6 out of 10, so it's actually not bad at all. Um, critic consensus has gone on to say that the show is gleefully excessive in both form and fiction, but... Winning Time pairs a larger-than-life roster of characters with Whiplash style to deliver an absolute slam dunk. So, take it how you will. I would say that critics love it. And um, if you don't want to listen to the critics, just simply hop on Twitter, and you'll see plenty of positive responses from people like Wiggins' favorite analyst, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, my homeboy, Max Kellerman, bigged it up. And um, even do the biggest... What did say about it? Uh... I don't know his ass ain't really. I don't follow him. But uh, <laughs> even your boy Marcellus, who's the biggest Laker hater analyst out there, was bigging it up. So oh, nice. that okay. that says a lot.
0: I wonder what uh Colin Coward was high on it also.
1: Oh, I'm sure he was probably loving it. Just... Yeah,
0: yeah, it coming doesn't... up. Yeah, coming up next. <laughs> we're gonna talk about shows. All right. He goes. Russell Westbrook sucks. <laughs> that's something I heard. Yeah. But I'll tell you about
1: another Russell that doesn't suck. Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to. I want to know what Will Kane or Clay Travis said about it. Probably had nothing nice to say. We, we don't Travis, care. Clay Travis like, I wish they would have covered the Celtics.
1: Yeah, Will Kane. I mean, Will Kane. All he talks about is the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yeah, and Trump. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's another story. Uh, we just talked about the casting a little bit early, uh, earlier, but um, I'm going to touch up on it a little more. I'm not going to go into like a deep dive because I. I'm going to circle back on this later. But, um, Wiggins, you shouted out the casting director, um, and the casting director's name is Francine Mazler. You said that you think that she did a fantastic job, and I would say that I agree. I think the show had a very solid cast. Um, As you mentioned, John C. Riley was cast as Dr. Jerry Buzz. Perfect. We had uh, Quincy Isaiah, who was casted as Magic Johnson, Um, Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Jason Clarke as Jerry West, Jason Siegel as Paul Westhead, uh, Wood Harris as Spencer Haywood, and we had Norm Nixon's son playing Norm Nixon. So uh, that's just to name a few of the characters that were in there. Obviously, you know, they had a few um, guest appearances in there as well, but um, I'm just going to go straight into it. like. We heard the drama behind the real life players and coaches feeling some type of way about the way that they were portrayed, and I mentioned this earlier. I think the biggest critic of it has been your boy, Jerry West. The the
0: the, uh, the logo. The logo. Yeah. Like, uh, not liking it at all? He uh, he said he wants to go to the Supreme Court.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I thought he was exaggerating a little bit. I was like, no, really, bro? Dude, like, you're going to cool. take it all the way to the Supreme Court? Like
0: Well, they're not going to pick this up. Like, yeah, like, they be, have does have he know how the Supreme Court and, works? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're not there to litigate civil lawsuits.
1: And they're going to be tied up with, like, Roe v. Wade and everything, like,
0: that's yeah. going imagine on. imagine Jerry actually... West, like, hey, um, someone says you don't have a case here. What's he going to do, go to, like, the third court of appeals in California? <laughs> yeah, he's wild. <laughs> and then though. they're going to appeal it, and then he's going to go to a district court? Like, what the hell is this? Yeah,
1: I think he's just bluffing at this point. Just, I don't know. I mean... I get why he's upset right like i think it's a little extreme if you ask me but you know he's also gone on to like demand a retraction from hbo of what he deems is cruel and deliberately false depiction of him as a temperamental cursing mood swinging angry individual and like you know i think his character in a way is misinterpreted like yes he does you know go into these rants and like lashes out but they also show a different side of him, where like he does, you know, connect with the players and and plays a very important role. And like I don't know how much truth is behind the way that he's depicted, but you know, it's it's TV. You know, it's yeah, it's Hollywood. Like you sometimes have to stretch the truth to make people, uh, you know, connect with the audience a certain way.
0: Yeah. Look, I'll say this. Like, um, I had always thought Jerry West was similar in personality to how he's portrayed on the show, just because I heard that he was like crazy and not sorry not crazy right but um but the guy slept with like a loaded shotgun or whatever right because he thought his uh, stepdad would kill him i guess or whatever or he thought that his dad was going to kill him which they kind of talked
1: like they slightly went into that in the show like they showed that you know he came from like an abusive household and
0: yeah well yeah and like and i'd always heard that he was like what do you call it that he would play basketball until like his his hands would bleed or whatever and that he was always like aggressive and uh and everything so i thought that this might have been how he was behind scenes you know and like coupled with the fact that he doesn't he gets uncomfortable with success with success and then goes to take over like failing products or whatever you know what i mean like almost like a larry brown would or whatever so i thought maybe he's just like a complete pain in the ass you know and look genius um genius does have a little bit of crazy to it all the time yeah that's a good point So, yeah, but, yeah, I guess, like, I mean, I know everyone's coming out to say that uh, he's the sweetest and nicest man and that he's nothing like how they portray him, so. Yeah,
1: I actually, I talked to an older gentleman a few months ago that told me he had met Jerry West on multiple occasions because he's a season ticket holder as well, and he told me the same thing. He was like, I've met him, he's always been so nice, and I just can't believe that this man that's always nice and respectful would be, like, portrayed this way, and I was like, I mean, I don't know. I've never yeah. met the dude, so like I can't say you know.
0: Yeah, well, it's like this. We we have the benefit, like, and with respect to that person you had met, right? We have the benefit of we look at him as the guy who's the venerable. He's the logo, right, with white hair. He has white hair, and like he seems a root very good-looking, eighty-year-old, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, but like we look at a, we look at that or whatever, right? But we don't have the benefit of knowing what he was like in the seventies or sixties. You know what I mean? So it's like like we can we see him and we think, Oh, this guy's like a nice good like nice grandpa or whatever. Like if if you were to like meet somebody who had a rich uncle or whatever, you go, Oh, it's Jerry West, you know? Um no telling how he was was back at 35, 40 years of age, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean yeah. people tend to mature as they age and, you know, start to bury the hatchet on a lot of those things and if, if he really did have that fire within him that fueled him you know based off of past experiences and traumas and whatnot you know uh it could be that you know at age 40 he was still not over it whereas in at age 80 he's way past that yeah that
0: makes sense yeah i mean
1: so who knows um but i mean like he's not the only one right like uh the shows also received criticism from magic and kareem for what they have gone on to say are historical inaccuracies
0: so what quote. Historical inaccuracies are Magic's alleging are occurring.
1: Uh, so I don't know if like he's mad that they portrayed him as a player when he's got off the the guy has the
0: HIV. Like, <laughs> I, 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 mean, look, it's either they have a scene of him fucking a dude like that. Like that's, I mean, I guess he could get mad at that or whatever, right? But, but like, they really wanted to have some historical inaccuracies. They could do that or whatever, right? And it's like, dude, Magic, come on, you, you got HIV, right? And you contracted it. Uh, and he's even
1: admitted that he, you know, was not the most faithful individual. You know, like he's gone yeah. on to say like, yeah, like I had, you know, a lot of women. Yeah. Exactly. Not to the extent of like a Wilt Chamberlain, right? Who was rumored to you know. But yeah.
0: I think Wilt used condoms or what? No. Nah. Oh, okay, all right. There's just no AIDS back then.
1: I mean, maybe he played it safe. Okay safer than magic but i mean magic has straight up said that he will not watch the series because it does not depict the showtime era accurately uh which is convenient because he just released a doc on apple tv plus like (laughs) within the same time frame so it's like okay cool bro so you want to shit on this show on hbo and say that it's inaccurate but then you also have a documentary coming out on apple tv plus which i don't really know so many people that really fuck with apple tv plus
0: yeah I, don't watch uh, it, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have Roku and, uh, and a Fire Stick. So,
1: have you seen the doc
0: about magic? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I like magic. I met him, met him twice, right? Wonderful man. Uh, yeah, yeah you've spoken highly of him. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I, like I would like, like gave me some great advice on business and everything like that, right? Uh, and the brief interactions. Uh, wonderful guy. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna watch <laughs> the <Doctor laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I might I'm not, check I'm not it gonna out. watch that over winning time I'll say yeah that. no of course yeah. yeah
1: no I feel the same way I mean I'll probably watch it now that winning time is over and maybe I can see if I can learn a thing or two about magic that what do
0: they call it? they call me magic I guess is what it's called yeah yeah, yeah.
1: But, it's I mean even even Kareem came out and basically said that the series is in his words deliberately dishonest which we know kareem is always very elaborate with the way that he speaks and you know he's a great writer and they kind of very prickly Touched up on that on the show as well, you, you know, know, with the kid
0: to go fuck himself.
1: <laughs> when the kid asked for
0: the autograph, he goes, kid, hey kid, go fuck yourself. I love that. I meet a lot of people that said Kareem was it was just like that, by the way.
1: I mean I could I could see that.
0: Yeah, like he's even admitted that uh, that his reticence to let people in and his sensitivity about white people or whatever. Um, impacted his ability to connect with folks you know which again they showed that
1: on winning time
0: like i
1: think they did a good job of touching touching up on those subjects yeah
0: they made him seem lazy though i'll tell you that like when he couldn't run he could yeah dogging it at practice and i agree calls him out.
1: because they made it seem I, I i didn't take it as lazy i took it more as like his age was already starting to catch up to him which in a way i would also deem inaccurate because like he still went on to play for another decade after that yeah season yeah so yeah, it's it's like, like
0: weird to think in 19, what, at 32, he's just all of a sudden, okay, well, fuck this, I can't go into practice. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: like that's like saying, um, I don't know, like Tom Brady at age 35 was like slowing down and then it's like 10 years later, like he's still out here trying to win a Super Bowl, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah. so that part was uh, pretty odd, I thought. Yeah. So that, that, I could see there'd be some inaccuracies. That just seemed out of sorts. with
1: That's uh, the one inaccuracy we'll agree with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, H- HBO has gone on to respond to Jerry West saying that they have a long history of producing compelling content drawn from actual facts and events that are fictionalized in part for dramatic purposes. Winning Time is not a documentary and has not been presented as such. However, the series and its depictions are based on extensive factual research and reliable sourcing, and HBO stands resolutely behind our talented creators and cast who have brought a dramatization of the epic chapter in basketball history to the screen. And with that, I say shout-out to their lawyers because...
0: Yeah, shout-out to their lawyers, but I'll say this. One inaccuracy I know is true, the Pat Riley portion of it. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. Oh, we will? Okay.
1: Yeah, but go... I mean, you, you could
0: well i was gonna say he uh so he actually had already been an announcer for the team for two years prior to uh jerry we- uh, jerry bus buying the team so it wasn't like he didn't have a job became a announcer and then within four games got picked up or whatever he'd already been doing it since like i think 77 so yeah yeah
1: no, that's a good point um I was going to touch up on something else related to him, but I'm glad that you brought that up because that was something that I was kind of thrown off by when I watched the series. I was like, wait, this doesn't really line up, but, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah,
0: that makes Westhead look like a bitch. He's like, oh, well, this (laughs) this guy has been a broadcaster for three (laughs) games. I mean, so
1: you've touched up on Westhead on a few occasions. I will say, like, you mentioned that they got rid of him and that, like, Riley kind of pushed him out. I had read otherwise that like he was still very loyal to um, to Jack, and the the job did get pushed out. Let's be honest, like his yeah. his injury and like him trying to come back and like them saying that like, you know what, like we don't think he's like mentally capable of managing the team, yeah. um, and giving the keys to West uh, Westhead like him being loyal to Jack basically was like hey I'm just gonna move away from here. You know, Pat Riley, you seem like you've got a good grasp on it, so I'll hand the keys to you, and then I don't want to keep having beef with my friend, which I think is honorable because not a lot of people do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I believe, I, so I, I never heard that it was Pat Riley that forced him out. I know that it was Magic Johnson, apparently, as there's quotes back in the 80s with uh, Jerry Buss saying that uh, that Magic would, like, threaten to trade. Uh, I don't know, what's up with these Laker players always trying to threaten to get a trade? I was going to say,
1: Magic was a coach killer?
0: Yeah, yeah. So he th- so he said that he wanted to get traded unless uh, what do you call it? Uh, I guess apparently he wanted to get traded unless uh, Westhead was removed or whatever. And then Bus decided to fire him, and he had said that apparently that he had already wanted to fire him or whatever, right? And and he said that is so. It is ironic that Magic had threatened the trade.
1: Damn. So See, another inaccuracy. Yeah, that magic probably should have touched up on that. Maybe we'll see it on the documentary. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We're only in the first season, so... Right. But, right. right. I so, don't know if there's going to be a season two of this, but... Okay. Well, uh-huh.
1: HBO, uh-huh. Did, HBO did renew it in April, so they okay. said that they're for sure for coming for out, out with the season Lakers. two. that's for
0: the that, but that's for the Kobe Shaq years, right?
1: I don't know. I was actually going to ask if you had any insider information about that that you'd like to share, okay. because um, uh, what, uh, I've heard both. So I've heard that... Potentially, there could be a season two, and they're just going to go on to more of the dynasty because essentially we're just talking about the first championship they won, like five of them that decade. Yeah. Um, or with the rumored Shaq and Kobe season, if they're just going to jump straight into that.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, the what do you call it? So I had heard that they're doing Shaq and Kobe, but I am going to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, cause like this is uh, this might be one of the reasons why they didn't call it Showtime, also. Is that it's that it's about the Lakers that the Lakers it's the rise of the Lakers dynasty, not just the eighties Lakers dynasty, you know? Right. So I did hear that it was uh, that it was gonna be about Shaq and that was gonna be about Shaq and Kobe, so we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, and that that's that's a good point to make because mm. Like, growing up in the Shaq and Kobe era, nobody looks at the Shaq and Kobe era as Showtime. Like, everybody relates to Showtime as the 80s Lakers, and they look at Showtime as Magic, and Kareem, and Pat Riley. Yeah.
0: Certainly. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: So, um... Well, let's just get straight into the categories, because I think we've gone over the entire background. I feel like people... The awards The awards. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, the awards.
0: Sorry, uh... All of our friends at the Ringer, uh, we're getting to the awards.
1: (laughs) The awards. uh, The awards. We ain't got Uh, money to pay you guys, so. Yeah, you're damn right. (laughs) Chris Uh, is like, I got everything in my mom's name.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. All right, Gator Boots. Hey, really quick, before we go to awards, um, have you heard about Pacific City Escrow? Nah. Man, well, look, I know you out there, you just got a new crib or whatever, right? But I know you are in the hunt to buy a house. And when you do that, you need to check out our friends over at Pacific City Escrow. Now, check this out. Here's one of the best things about them. You never had to go visit them in person. Look, right, Did you hear that? So while everybody else was just getting acclimated to COVID and working from home and doing things uh, remotely, they had a e-closing platform that was pr- that was powered by Proviso that you could use simply, you close, and check this out. The other big thing about this whether you are pushing a hoopty, a Pinto like Mike has, right, or you pushing that old uh, hey, don't come for my Acra Pinto RSX, the Acra RSX <laughs> like your boy Chris Wiggins, right? They do not give a rat's. But about that, you know, it's the same price for anybody. They do not judge you on what you have. So check them out. You want to close? You need to get your escrow provider. Talk to them. PacificCityEscrow.com.
1: Let's get to awards. All right, let's get to the awards. Standout performance. Who do
0: you uh, got? Pete, this. Uh, I went ahead and I went Jason Clark as Jerry West. Uh, it was actually okay. going to be a tie for me. Um, I was going to go. I thought that the best casting was actually uh, what's his name as Jerry Bus, uh, John C. Riley. as Jerry Riley. Buss. Yeah, I thought that was spot on. Uh, standout performance. So I thought Jerry West stole the show. Hint why? There's, I mean, there's a potential Supreme Court case uh, because the performance was so good. Yeah, I... I, Also, he looks so much like Jerry West.
1: Yeah, I think they did a really good job of, like, you know, I don't know if they had to use makeup and prosthetics to... No, that guy always looks like an asshole. No, but, I mean, like, the wig and, like, everything else, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. He... Even if they put, like, a white wig on him and, like, made the prosthetics... Put the prosthetics on him to make him look like an old man, like, he would deadass look like present-day Jerry West. Okay.
0: Yeah, good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like when i saw him come on screen i was like holy shit like this is very spot on yeah um, on. I i i liked his i guess you could say like his um his rants and just like the way he blew up like it was very was entertaining. That the first scene
0: with him blowing up
1: yeah i mean like from yeah, what the, initial- the fuck i
0: don't want a fucking point <laughs> i don't want a fucking six nine point guard what the fuck
1: breaking the trophy
0: yeah how many times did he break that trophy By the
1: way? uh must have been a bunch of times even part of me was like hey bro like you only have one like be careful with that
0: <laughs> i thought i always thought that was his was that his uh, finals mvp that he won when he didn't win though uh, uh yes yeah but
1: uh, okay. that was part of the other thing that bothered me is like so they touched up on his failures to win the championship and like you know his losses to the celtics but it's like he does have a ring though yeah and then well, he, they kind well, of he, circle he back about that. yeah but like they talk about about it very minimally like they focus specifically on like on all the times that he made it to the championship lost the celtics and like that's part of the reason why he's so angry and like hates the celtics you know with yeah. the passion well, and like, then i think s- it might be
0: that he never beat the celtics
1: okay yeah and that's that's a good point
0: yeah because they beat the they beat the knicks four games to one i believe uh, yeah. They won the title. yeah, yeah, they whooped that ass. Yeah, yeah, they avenged the 1970
1: loss. I have that I well, great pick. I think he did a great job portraying Jerry West, and uh, shout out to Jason Clark. I was also um, in a similar position as you, like, I was torn between John C. Riley, and I actually didn't pick him because I felt like it was gonna be such a very obvious choice that someone else would pick him, so I was like, you know what, let me go with someone else. Um, and so I, I went with Quincy Isaiah as Magic, um, and the reason why I went with Quincy Isaiah, he's not really an actor, right, like, if you look at his IMDB, he doesn't really have anything under his belt, um, and even looking at, like, how he got casted for the show, like, he said that. He, um, similar to your experience, Chris, like, he submitted headshots, um, made, like, a short movie, and, like, like filmed himself, basically, and, like, sent in, like, a short video. I think he said it was, like, uh, like a 20-minute clip. Um, he has basketball experience, but, like, the fact that he was able to come on set and then portray one of the main characters and yeah. do such a good job with, like, not a lot of acting experience behind, like, under his belt... Um, I think that's a lot of pressure to walk into and so the fact that he did good in there uh, you know he deserves credit for it
0: good point yeah look you know I, I'll say this right um, barring that you know I think I can do it a little better but, um,
1: <laughs> barring, you know, that's like, the other reason why I picked him because I wanted to also spite you
0: yeah be, like, I'll say I could right. better he looks enough like Magic that I think it, it, you know that it works um, in however they did like the hair and everything like that and uh, I'll say this he seems too intelligent and it in articulate to be magic Johnson? Um <laughs> just in my opinion, right? So I think that that's something that's a little bit off, but I do I think that it works just from uh this just from the smile standpoint and all. Yeah. No, I, I think
1: the smile was probably what that de- yeah. what did it like
0: I'll say this though, He doesn't have a magnetism in my opinion though. Elaborate. Um, in that magic's known as like you like look, you you you're around magic right and you just feel like you're talking to your best friend. Um, we, we, if anyone that's met him, I think they might uh, explain we, they might explain that and I think that that's a case even in old age and people I've talked to that have been around him in like a younger age, right There's a, uh, th- there, there is a likability about him or whatever that just jumps off the page right And I don't think that this guy portrays magic in like a likable fashion. like the smile is there, right and like sort of the eyes are sort of the eyes are there right and the facial structures. Uh, a bit there or whatever right but i guess in terms of uh, th- and this may not necessarily be his portrayal right but how it was written or what have you right but he doesn't come off as like the dynamic person that's that galvanizes everybody
1: i mean i i, I got a good vibe out of him like i felt like he really owned you know that cool factor like you know that likable like the presence in, in the locker room like when people are stressing out or they're having a bad day. Like he comes in with a boombox and says, hey man, it's all good, you know. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but you know, that, that could be my portrayal of him as, as opposed to yours, you know, so I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I do want to give another quick shout out, and in a way it is a stand-up performance, but Wood Harris uh, oh, as yeah. Spencer Haywood, I mean, any, Wood Harris, hands down, great actor uh i don't think he gets enough flowers um but i think that anytime he's on the show you know he's gonna kill it and he's gonna do well and yeah he 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 killed that role so definitely wanted to shout him out uh stone cold appearance and i can't break glass because we don't want to get sued (laughs) Yeah,
0: running theme here yes uh, i'll let you go first
1: Uh, So for those who are first and hopefully not last time listeners, Stone Cold Appearance is basically us uh, diving into a character who came in for either a cameo or or a brief scene and basically crushed it. Um, So for me, episode five titled Pieces of a Man um, has Kareem basically, you know, going through an inner struggle and trying to figure out, you know, what he needs to do to find the passion for basketball because he's not really feeling it. And so he goes to the mosque to try to, you know, seek, you know, some religious direction. And um, the imam speaks to him and, and, you know. Uh, um -um. Imam, sorry, imam speaks to him and, you know, basically shares some words of wisdom. And um, the imam was played by the one and only DOC. Man, shout out. No one can do it better. No one can do it better. And I think that for me was even bigger because DLC, we know, was a dope rapper and obviously, you know, had an unfortunate accident that, you know, messed up his voice. And, you know, he still continued to be a writer, but he kind of disappeared from the limelight. And, you know, we don't know of him being an actor. And so when I found out that was the DLC, because it's kind of one of those like, hey, is that. And the fact that he played such a good role, like even just within the few minutes that he was on screen, like he crushed that scene. Like he really delivered like those words of wisdom, and like you could feel that connection uh, to really restore that faith. And all he really just told him was, you know,
0: just kneel and pray. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That that is solid. Um, I went ahead. I went with uh Kirk Beauville Uh, he had a very brief uh appearance, and I think what do you call it? Uh, I think maybe it was the first episode, if I'm not mistaken, right? Where he plays...
1: Uh, Yeah, it might have been episode one or two.
0: Okay, yeah. He plays uh, Donald Sterling. (laughs) Uh,
1: Your your favorite team owner.
0: Exactly. And uh, the quote, what do you call it? The quote that they have on screen or whatever, right? Second worst Donald in real estate in the 80s or whatever. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. um, Look, this this guy, like... this, this, I think if you if we were to look at the uh, Listen to a show that we've uh, We don't take anything from or whatever But if you look at like the rewatchables They have like a ca- uh, category called uh, That guy or whatever to talk about people Who are Don't what do you call it To talk about people that just show up in random things He's probably um, similar to that Like, like I think I, I've watched like a bunch of crappy TV shows like over the last few years Or whatever he like appears in as uh, Harry Foster's uh, dad on Bosch and then he played. He's like in a bunch of random ass shows, like The Mick, and like the. Uh, he's always in all those American crime stories and American horror story uh, episodes or whatever. But I thought, hey, k man, uh, the swarminess was off the charts. As uh, what do you call it? As uh, Donald Sterling. Yeah,
1: he definitely looks slimy. Even in those like thirty seconds that he was on screen. Yeah. Which uh, they're also making a series about that entire situation with yeah.
0: Donald yeah. Sterling and. Well, what a great way to be a Clippers fan. <laughs> you, get, you get a documentary, it's about the disgraced owner.
1: Do you know who's producing that one?
0: Uh, no, who, who? I
1: don't know, that, that's what I was asking. Okay. That's, uh, I figured it's your squad, so you're going
0: to have the insider information. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's uh, what do you call it, it's terrible. Uh, apparently uh, it's already set, and they've already begun casting, by the way. Lawrence uh, Fishburne plays Doc Rivers.
1: <laughs> I can actually see that.
0: Yeah, do you think Does he get an Emmy if he gets the voice down? Oh, man. I, that's why I'm laughing right now. Because like I'm
1: just trying to picture it in my head. Like Morpheus meets the fucking choking coach, you know? Yeah. We just choked tonight. Yeah,
0: that's going to be great. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, we, I, uh, it's, it's done by the production team Color Force that, do, that does American Crime Story, apparently.
1: That's what I had heard.
0: It's, it's going to be on FX.
1: Because they're the same ones that do the... Um, the crime story about Biggie and Tupac, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Interesting. Alright, well, uh...
0: You think I can try out for DeAndre Jordan? Uh you can do better than that, bro. Who, who do I get to play?
1: Um... Uh, I can't be Blake Griffin, obviously. No, yeah.
0: You think Jordan well, what... be, You think Jordan from, you think, uh, Jordan from uh, Diggs and Ghost can play uh, Blake Griffin?
1: I, I can see that. Okay. Who uh, who else was on that squad that you could play?
0: Um, Luca B- Mboumbute. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I could be a backer.
1: Um. Let's I mean, see. if you like squat down a little, you could probably be Chris Paul.
0: Uh, I don't think that would. <laughs> that- okay, so as an actor, I can't be taller than the actual basketball players. Nah, nah, player. nah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to be funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can play. What do you call it? Uh, Danny Granger was on that team
1: oh shit he was he like never played though that was like yeah, yeah. the tail end of his career big baby wow you'd have to gain like 60 pounds
0: oh so I get an Emmy if I do that <laughs> uh, Jared Dudley was on the team Jay Duds yeah okay Ryan Hollins
1: I was thinking of Ryan Hollins and I was like oh, I mean he's, he's a little on the lighter side
0: okay yeah wasn't Spencer Haywood on the lighter side though and Wood Harris is definitely on the darker side. Yeah.
1: yeah. But maybe they were hoping that people would remember. They'd be like, ah. Eh. Okay. No one's going to do Time back to it. Let's get into the best historical basketball moment.
0: All right. Uh, I'll start. Look, I like the regular season game they have with the Sixers where Julius Irving dunks on Magic and then Kareem helps the ball. when he says, you know, it looks different from down here than when it's on a poster.
1: That was a good moment.
0: Yeah, I thought it was dope because he, he, Julius Erving invites him out earlier with his wife. Also, I didn't like the guy that played Julius Erving.
1: I was hoping that you would uh, get into that cause, <laughs> like, we never talked about it. But when I, like, both episodes that they had Doctor J on, I was like, man, Wigan's gonna have something to say about this. I know. Oh yeah, the guy
0: sucks. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Come on. I, I felt like they got an older actor to play Doctor J, and even though he was like towards the tail end of his career, he wasn't quite that old yet. Yeah. Like,
0: so the guy playing him is fifty-one. That's what I'm saying, 50. and
1: you could see that he was an older cat. But you, <laughs> I, I was gonna say like mid to late forties.
0: Yeah, his stash wasn't sexy, and his hair wasn't sexy either. Yeah. Uh, what's that? That guy used to be on what's that show? Um, For your uh, For your love, back on the WB back in the day. If you remember it, he he, was, he's, he has bald hair usually. Okay.
1: Yeah, he you didn't look that? familiar. He kind of gave you me like Robert that? Townsend vibes too.
0: Yeah, he I'm looks just like mustache. Robert Townsend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he looks like light skinned Robert Townsend. Yeah, this yep. is the guy he used to play uh, Holly, uh, Holly Robinson Pete's uh, husband on For Your Love on the W. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Doctor J would have been what, like mid thirties at that point. That's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. He, he would have been. Uh, he probably would have been 30, 29, going on thirty. I think Dr. Okay. Yeah. On yeah. Yeah. So you can't have a fifty year old playing him. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like the guy looked like he was fucking gas-graffed gas- <laughs> for air. It just it, his, his stash just didn't look. Good. Yeah. Like I'm just sorry. Yeah. They could have found. Yeah. They should have had me play Doctor J. Yeah. They should
1: have recasted you.
0: Yeah. That would have been perfect. Yeah. They put like light makeup on me or something like that. <laughs> just brought the stash, you know? Would have been perfect. Rock the afro. Yeah. Well, he didn't have an afro at that point. He had hair like, a shorter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking mid '70s. Uh, so for me, man, you already know where I'm going with this. I'm going to go to game six of the 1980 NBA Finals, Magic playing all five positions in what may have been the greatest game of his career. Like, playing on the road, Magic, a 6'9 rookie point guard, started the game at center, and then eventually played all five positions in a dominating performance to go on to win the 1980 NBA championship without Kareem. And like you look at his stat line, ridiculous. Like he put up forty two points, had fifteen rebounds, seven assists, three steals, one block. Like amazing stat line. Yeah. No, and man. the fact that he was a rookie,
0: like insane. So yeah, I yeah no, I like I think that I think that that was great. Um, you know, it's and a great way to start. I think that was the season finale too. So I yeah. think that was a great way to to cap it off. I want to yeah. say something really quickly. I know this is unrelated, but quite a few players didn't get any love. Um, yeah, that were that were uh, that were on some of the teams that were featured. Um, so like, I think one of the one of the big things, right? Uh, like I know that they showed Silk, and I didn't know Michael Cooper who he was until they called him Coop. Uh, finally, like four episodes after the dude appeared or whatever, and that's like that that one black dude who kind of looks like. If you were to get robbed by a black guy, it'd be this guy or whatever. Oh, um, man. What? I'm just saying. You don't... Know, you don't... Know, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, but...
1: Um, okay. I will agree with you that I think they should have showed more of the team, like, efforts in there because it wasn't just Magic putting up this crazy stat line that won the game. Like, Norm Nixon had a ridiculous Whoa. game. Coop yeah, well, had a good game.
0: I guess the point I'm bringing up is, like, some of the teams they faced, right, because like, this thing was really cheap with some of their call-outs or whatever, like the, oh... Joe Jellybean Brian has brought his young son to the game and stuff like that, right? Yes,
1: and I was going to bring that up later, but thank you.
0: Okay, so they're cheap with that kind of stuff, right? But uh, did you know Pistol Pete was on the Celtics team that they played against?
1: No, and they should have talked about Pete Maravich. He's a big enough iconic name that they should have done him at least that justice.
0: Yeah, Tiny Archibald was on the Celtics team also. And so was Dave Collins as well. And like they got they got no mention during the game, which you would have thought they would have shown. And uh, also uh, to know on that on the Sixers team that they beat in the finals, it was a who's who's of coaches. Uh, Maurice Cheeks, they have they show him briefly or whatever, right? But Lionel Hollins was also on that team, um, and so was uh, Doug Collins. Oh shit! Sure. Henry Bibby as well.
1: that Mike Bibby's dad?
0: Yeah, Mike Baby's dead. Yeah. And then do you know who the assistant coach was on that Sixers team? No. Chuck Daly. Oh, yeah. So no mention of them, which I yeah, thought was odd. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, like you would have gotten, like, some talk to them or maybe seen their jersey in some capacity, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, they only mentioned Dr. J and then uh,
0: the Dawkins. other center.
1: Yeah, Dawkins. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and then I guess they, they mentioned Caldwell Jones too, right?
1: Yeah, briefly. You're right. Okay.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, no, so I thought I thought that, that was a bit odd. And then I don't know who they played. Do you know who they played in the Western Conference Finals? So they skipped over that completely. Uh, I think the Jazz. Uh probably. Might have been. Yeah. It's uh what do you call it? I think they Yeah I don't know who they yeah. They probably played let me look this up right now. Uh conference finals, they played Oh no, it's Phoenix. Oh. Dude, alright. So I that's a golden opportunity right there. Do you know why?
1: Who was on that team?
0: No, um, but at, no. Here's the thing: at the beginning of the, at the very first episode, uh-huh. they don't they do a coin toss? Uh, I, I don't. Know. Or they talk about how Matt, how they won the first overall pick, right?
1: Oh yeah, you're right, you're
0: right. Yeah, sorry, okay. I thought do you were referring to, to the game. Yeah. Who, okay, but do you remember who they beat out to get the first overall pick?
1: Um, was it Phoenix?
0: Yes, that is cinema right there. Like that should have been played up completely. They, yeah, that's they, a good point. That
1: that yeah. is a big missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I don't know what they were doing. But yeah, that the one. Riders, man. One, what's up? said the writers, y'all need to y'all yeah. need to bring also, Chris Wiggins on. Yeah, they do. Also, uh, how the fuck did the teams with the tops that how the hell do the two teams that were the first, the number one and the number two overall pick, how the hell do they end up in the conference finals?
1: They had a good squad, man. I yeah. think maybe they just had a bad season, you know? Kind of like those uh, those Warriors that you love to hate on oh, so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're right, yeah. It's uh, like you
1: have one bad season, you end up with the second overall pick, and then like you bounce right back.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, apparently on that Suns team was Paul Westfall, if you remember him, who I always mistake, Paul Westhead. Westhead, yeah. <laughs> I
1: was going to say that you definitely referred to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Paul Westfall was still, uh, the, I think he was the Suns coach of the 90s, but he was on that uh, 1980 team, and they had a bunch of, Bus drivers and whoever else. you got <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, a lot of bums.
1: Well, speaking of uh, the past, we're gonna go into we're gonna give the award for timeless versus time passed it by.
0: Yeah. So for timeless, I put Chick Hearn pouring alcohol into his drinks during the broadcast. I thought it was dope <laughs> as hell. A like, very subtle hit.
1: Just no, the, uh, like zero uh, fucks given. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm up here and I'm drinking. Do something about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I love that. Also, uh, two guys sharing a Pepto Bismol bottle They're the finals this is also. Oh, that sweet. was Bill Shaw. I, I was like, "Hey, are these two having a drink?" And then when I looked at it, it said Pepto Bismol. I go, "What the fuck?"
1: Which I love how like they went back into the archives and pulled up like the old Pepto Bismol label mm-hmm. because that looked very seventies, eighties on there.
0: So hey, I have a question. Did you yeah. know the guy that he shares the thing with, right? They, he's in every in like a lot of scenes. Did they, they didn't go in a lot of? I like, I know who he was, but you know who that was, right?
1: Yeah, he was a GM,
0: Bill Sharman, the yeah. former Lakers coach uh, when they won the championship, I think, in '72. Mm. They don't they barely go into this guy at all. They don't really mention his name either. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think we like, only know him because he's in like all these movies as either like a politician or like law enforcement or, you know, like he always plays like a very similar role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I, so I thought that was odd. He also plays uh, Tim Riggins dad on Friday Night Lights, by the way, just FYI. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Any opportunity you get to mention Friday Night Lights. Yeah, he also <laughs>
0: plays the, uh, one of the governors on the West Wing, too. Politician, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they barely, like, they barely let, like, they just go, they call him Bill maybe two times ever in the show, and I put two and two together that it was Bill Sharman, but.
1: Lakers love keeping that family tree going.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a USC guy, by the way. Yeah,
1: hell yeah. Fight on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for your time pass it by?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, time pass it by, I <clears throat> uh, put the, what do you call it? Uh... The no condom sex at Magic Johnson. <laughs> now look, I look. Uh, I mean, do what you got to do. Uh, but knowing what we know now, uh, that's yeah, uh, and what would befall him. Time, that's definitely passed that by.
1: Well, I'm sure up. he tells every young player that comes on the team, like, don't make the same mistakes that I did. You know, Tristan Thompson didn't hear it. <laughs> but he never played for Lakers though. Okay, all right. He wouldn't be fucking up like that if he was on the team. I'll tell you that. All right,
0: that's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah,
1: that's a good point. He would have been getting snitched on like, uh, like D'Angelo Russell did, uh <laughs> <new> boy Swaggy. <laughs> <G>. <laughs> know, like when D'Angelo Russell timed out uh, Swaggy P. Yeah.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. Talking about when we getting snitched on to putting a ring on.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Terrible. Yeah. true quote, but um. So for me, Timeless, I'm going to have to go with the light. The rivalry between Magic and Larry Bird. Like, that rivalry is going to live... I mean, even still to this day, like, people talk about it. Um, and obviously, like, they're not really feuding anymore because they're not playing. But, you know, the way that the Converse sponsorship commercials were portrayed, um, their feud going from, like, the time they were in college and, like, facing off in, you know, the NCAA f- uh, final... And then going in to face each other in the NBA Finals on multiple occasions. Like, it's something written out of a script or a book, and this shit happened in real life. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else like that in sports that you can think of?
1: I can't think of anything like that. Not that bad. I mean, obviously, you have rivalries. You know, you have Tom Brady and, and your boy, Aaron Rodgers, but like. That's, you not, know? that's
0: not a rivalry. That's just like the media. Like, because there, there's no history between them. You know? Right.
1: There's no like animosity that we know of between the two. It's just the media putting it up.
0: Yeah, like, this is, like, the equivalent of, what, when all those, like, when all those people that wrestled in, uh, Stu Hart's Dungeon, um, like, it's basically, like, you come up, and then you do a series of matches when you're in the big leagues together, you know what I mean, like, Chris Jericho and Lance Storm and stuff, or, like, Benoit and Jericho, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Other than that, like, I can't think of anything in actual sports, because wrestling's not a sport, despite the fact that we did the Attitude Era episode, but.
1: I I mean, it depends on who you talk to, right? Some people will sit there and say that it is a sport and that it should be covered.
0: It's real to me, <laughs> uh, but no, what like like I don't like in, in you don't have anything like that in the NFL, right? Where like I guess the closest could have been Jameis Winston versus uh, Marcus Mariota, but no, yeah, right or. Uh, but neither
1: of them panned out. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. Or like there's nothing like where it's like le- where it started early and lasted that long, you know. Yeah, I
1: agree.
0: Yeah, like, I guess like the only th- like I guess it had Baker Mayfield like had a rivalry with some of the people he's passed over for, or if, like, Davis Webb and uh, Patrick Mahomes had a rivalry, it would make sense, you know? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point.
1: Uh, so, for time, passed it by, um, even though there are rivals currently, but I had to give a quick shout-out to the San Diego Clippers, because, for me, it was just a dope flashback to see the San Diego sports arena get mentioned on the show, and then being portrayed as like a legitimate basketball venue and the Clippers being named as a San Diego team before they relocated because for one not a lot of people even knew that the Clippers were originally from San Diego like I remember a lot of people hopped on that train when Chris Paul got traded to the Clippers and these guys were just natural Laker haters or they weren't really basketball fans and then suddenly it was like oh well I'm gonna rep the Clippers because they were originally from San Diego and I was like okay so I never heard you talk about that like two years ago five years ago 10 years ago like all of a sudden now you want to hop on the train but okay um and I even saw a few people start to rock like the throwback San Diego Clippers either hats or like uh throwback t-shirts and stuff and again hopping on the wagon because you know they had a good squad and everything but um I'm always gonna rep my city no matter what and I'm always gonna shout out you know anytime my city gets highlighted so
0: Mike didn't know that the Lakers used to play in Minneapolis no I knew that come on man stop playing yeah, when well, they had those MPLS jerseys back in the day, he didn't know. I, I have was. an MPLS jersey, bro. Stop playing with me. Yeah, you thought, thought, thought that it just said Lakers.
1: <laughs> I thought the MPLS was like Metropolitan Lakers. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, stop playing with me. He's lying.
0: Really. I'm, I'm
1: a real fan, I know my history.
0: No, no, okay, that okay. you might be a real fan, you don't know your history nah, right? Stop playing what, with me it, Yeah, well, trust me, all right, I, there's been a lot of instances where I know your team's better than you nah, Stop playing with me You know the Padres better than me, I'll give you that
1: Alright, I'll take Bye. that one
0: I uh, you know your Cowboys and Lakers better than you
1: though. New award, Fact or Fiction That we're adding specifically for this series okay. <laughs> um, What <laughs> was like something that you NBA learned They
0: had that horse competition They well, got rid of it the next year
1: We talked about all the discrepancies, man yeah. Uh, what was something that you learned from the show that was true that you did not know about? And what was something that they completely outstretched that you're like, I know this happened, but I know it didn't happen this way.
0: Yeah, uh, look, the Jack Kent cook thingy. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was still present. Like, I thought Jerry Buss had already had the team. And I didn't know that he was there, like, during the negotiations of the sale happened. In conjunction or whatever, right? I know it was around the same time, so I, uh, that part was wild. I hesitate. I, 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 see. It seems odd that Jack Kent Cook would call. What do you call it? Would, uh, call Magic Johnson boy, um, just for the simple fact that Jack Kent Cook is Canadian. Not I don't know. He's wild. Canadian. Some people are the least racist people on <laughs> the planet. Like they don't. They're not the kind that would deny that racism exists. It's just something that Canadians would not do in calling someone a boy, right? Like, so I, just,
1: I, I wonder yeah. if his family is mad about how he was portrayed because they made him seem like he was a straight-up asshole.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like he's a, what do you call it, right? Yeah, it's, uh, and, like, and also, like, he took over the, he's the one that integrated the Redskins as well because, um, like, their old George Marshall used to be their owner or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and so, like, that, that part seems odd, I think.
1: Huh, interesting. Well, if his family's angry out there, add him to the list. Yeah. Uh, I had to go with the death of Vic Weiss. Um, And for those that watched the show, he was Jerry uh, Tarkanian's homeboy. Um, And right-hand man, they portrayed him as, like, his manager, but from what I read, it was really just, like, they were good friends. Um, So in the show, like, they basically show um, Jerry Buss making a deal with Jerry Tarkanian to become the next Lakers coach. And then... um, as they're at the restaurant, you know, Jerry Tarkanian, who, uh, for those who don't know, he was the coach of uh, UNLV and, you know, won some titles there, which I also did not know because UNLV now is not really, like, a big basketball school. Um, Are you but like Sean Marion? I mean, like, outside of, like, Sean Marion and, like, Anthony, your boy Anthony Bennett, like, I don't really know anyone else that's come out of there basketball-wise. Um,
0: Larry Grandmama?
1: Oh, Larry Johnson.
0: Yeah, or what's his name? Greg Anthony?
1: Alright, so we got a few. We we got Luke a few.
0: Robinson, your boy uh, Armin Gillum, and uh, what do you call Keon Clark, and what's his name? Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm you? on that. What have you done for me lately? Tip, I guess. Okay, gotcha. Um, Isaiah, <laughs> my hero Isaiah Ryder. Isaiah Rider. uh
1: he's problematic. Um, uh, who's that guy on the uh, Patrick McCaw went, went there too. From the Warriors.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but is he even playing still?
0: I don't know. Joel
1: Anthony went there, I think, too. So. Um, well, anyway, so, yeah, he... They get a bottle of uh, bubbly sent to their table and they look across and it looks like they're, you know, the guys that sent are some mobsters and um, at the end of this episode, like, after the deal gets made, we cut into a scene where the cops are on a rooftop of a building and opening the trunk of a car and, you know, you see a body that's basically wrapped up in, like, tarp um, and it ends up being Vic Weiss and so... It's a dramatic ending to the episode and it's something so crazy that you're like, okay, this is exaggerated and they just put it in for the, you know, for the TV show. And, um, I looked it up and it really did happen in real life. Yeah, they exaggerated it a little bit, but, um, what were you saying?
0: Yeah, that, no, that that part was bananas when you told me that it was real. Um, I wonder if Christian Wood knew about that when he was going to UNLV, right? But, uh, that they, that the mob is involved with uh, Tark at UNLV like that. Yeah.
1: Cool. I mean... It was definitely interesting to find out that it was for real. Like, obviously, you know the scene with the cops pulling uh, one of Jerry Bus's business cards from his suit pocket was made up, but uh, dude really got killed. And um, there are a lot of different theories about it, but I guess what they're saying is that he had a gambling addiction, and they think that maybe he had racked up a lot of gambling debts to the mob, and that's the reason why they. Uh, They ended up taking him out, but um, who knows, you know, obviously in the show, they tried to make it seem like they were doing it as a message to Jerry Tarkanian to not uh, go to LA and continue being the coach of UNLV because they're making money off of him, but, you know, who knows?
0: Was uh, Jerry Tarkanian corrupt, do you think?
1: Um, I don't think so. I mean, they kind of made him seem like a little corrupt on the show. Like I don't want to say like they made him look like a sleaze, but you know you definitely got a certain vibe off of him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, just all the things that he's been involved in. Like Colin Cowards talked about him because I guess he used to cover him, but uh, <laughs> he's basically the Al Davis of the NCAA. Oh, that, I can't even
1: imagine Colin Coward coming, coming
0: up. Yeah, uh, Jerry Tarkanian.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so apparently, uh, I know Tarkanian had, had a case that went to the Supreme Court. So I guess that's why Jerry West thought that could happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said, hey "Fuck it. Yeah. If he if he did it, why can't I? I'm the logo."
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess he uh, he had a He had, a, he, had a, he was the original John Calipari, apparently.
1: <laughs> so he was uh, bringing strippers to the recruits.
0: No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean they weren't He's Vegas, so. He's bringing mob strippers. Yo, come on. Yeah. They're pulling up to the bottoming. Would you have let his son? Would you have let your son play for him? It's a question. No. Okay. Though,
1: why not? Uh, nah man. Okay, if I nice. know the monetizer, I'm 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 playing
0: it safe. Would you let your son play for Paul Westhead?
1: Uh, no, because someone that quotes Shakespeare and like it's <laughs> <is>, like <laughs> a fucking English professor, I'd be like, yeah, "Nah, we could probably go somewhere else."
0: <laughs> you didn't you didn't like it. You didn't like it. why did you like those?
1: Ah, man, I just, you know, I like the old-school coaches.
0: Well, he was an old-school coach. Like, he's, yeah. How, I mean, how, yeah, he's from the 80s.
1: I mean, I'd, I'd probably well, you know, look for someone like a Jack McKinley-type character. Oh, Jack McKinley? Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Very new-school style of play by Jack McKinley. Yeah, man, he was
1: revolutionary. Changed the game. Yeah. Uh, uh... I'm
0: going
1: to bring up this other award in spite of Chris Wiggins' uh, earlier allegations about his casting, um, you're getting to famous auditions.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, me. (laughs) Just you. You're the only one. Yeah, just me. Yeah, that's that's the most important one. You should have played Magic. Exactly. Or you should have played Dr. J
1: or Kareem. Somebody. I agree. You should have been on the show. I agree. (laughs) Listen... For whoever's listening, and this could be the casting director, uh, y'all still have time to fucking right this wrong. Season 2. Look for my boy's uh, yeah, let me casting tape.
0: Piston. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: Could you be Isaiah Thomas?
0: Uh, no, I no you're too be tall for Rick, that. Rick Mahorn.
1: Rick Mahorn? Yeah. You'd probably have to gain some weight on there, but I, I, could, I could definitely see that. Okay, gotcha. I mean, he's a big dude.
0: Yeah, Rodman. Yeah, actually, I could actually see that. Okay, yeah, I'm too good looking to be Rodman <laughs> But I mean,
1: like that Rodman was before he got kind of weird, you know. Well, I know, but he
0: wasn't good looking though. Yeah, I can play Rick Mahorn. There
1: you go. Yeah. Make it happen. Uh, for me, so famous auditions, um, and earlier I said I was going to circle back to this. Executive producer Adam McKay um, apparently is friends with Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell had tried to, you know, sneak in his friendship with McKay to, you know, push for the role of Dr. Bus, And McKay bas- basically said no, like shut him out and gave the opportunity to um, John C. Riley, Because prior to that, um, your boy Michael Shannon had actually been casted which
0: as jerry west or is jerry
1: as jerry buss? west yeah as jerry West or no i'm sorry as jerry buss wow that, oh,
0: that wouldn't have worked
1: yeah that wouldn't have worked i i listen michael shannon's a good actor i i like you know some of the work that he's done um in other hbo shows but jerry west has a certain persona he has a certain you know he's he's a specific type of character where i just can't see michael shannon having like that bravado you know
0: yeah, he always just seems pissed off.
1: Yeah, he seems pissed off. He always seems very serious, like, kind of angry, you know. He, that He, he,
0: he could play Quince Snyder. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. But nah, Jerry West, you gotta have swag to play Jerry, or I'm sorry, Jerry Buss. You gotta have exactly. swag to play Jerry Buss, and nah. Yeah. I mean, even the Will Ferrell casting, like, was, you know, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, listen, I love Will Ferrell as an actor. I think he's funny, and I like the movies that he's done. But I think we've just gotten so used to seeing him as a comedic actor, as someone who's funny, and I just can't take him serious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would be getting Jackie Moon vibes if I saw him in the series. You know, oh, and all I day, yeah. yeah all day, and I wouldn't be able to see him as Jerry Buss. like. And I'm that's not a knock. Like I'm sure he probably would have done well in the role because you know a lot of people look at him and John C. Riley as like a similar person, but to John C. Riley's defense, he's played serious roles before. Yeah, yeah.
0: I knew him more as a serious actor before the Dewey Cox, walk, walk, what was it Walk Hard?
1: And, walk Hard, and then Step yeah. Brothers, and all that. And, and, and uh, thing, the yeah. Talladega, so him, yep. yeah.
0: So I knew him. At, I knew him from uh, what do you call it? Uh, Green Mile and Gangs, uh, in New uh, Gangs York. of New York. Yeah. yep exactly. <laughs> yeah. He like he's a better actor than Will Ferrell in every capacity. Yeah,
1: so, I agree. Yeah, and, and I then, think he I think he killed that role. Like he owned that shit. And that's oh, yeah. one of the things that they said, like, the minute he found out about that, I, I think they only... So, um, what I was mentioning about Michael Shannon, he was originally casted, and he left for what he called creative reasons. Um, yeah. And apparently there was some sort of rift because um, he didn't like some of the things that were written in the script, and uh, he had some sort of, like, misunderstanding with them, whatever, oh, you don't give Michael a shit.
0: Shannon was in a bad mood. Why I never <laughs> cast that? <laughs> right.
1: Uh, so yeah I mean I'm not going to get into that but uh, they basically gave like John C. Reilly a 7 day notice to try to you know uh, learn some of the script and like you know audition for the role and they said that he took it super serious like worked super hard for it and I guess he even went on to say like why the fuck didn't you guys call me like to begin with Yeah, like this role is perfect for me and right. I mean he owned it dude straight up Yeah.
0: Victor, yeah. Well, look, and I think it's like this, right? It's uh, He looks the part, I think, you know, um, and it's like, look, you know, if there's an eccentric nature, you yeah. do well, and then just the sort of acting, right? Like, you know, from the work that he's done in Chicago and Thin Red Mind and like Hours and everything like that and some of the other movies we've mentioned, right? Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, you we have no reason to believe that he wouldn't have like, killed it, right? Yeah. He's like even what's that movie you ever that, What's that Tom Cruise movie back in the day, Magnolia?
1: Oh like, yeah, yeah. He
0: played the cop, or the weird. Uh, what do you call it? He played like the really uh, right-wing religious cop or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I think he was a perfect addition to it. So hold on, I'm looking at it right now. So apparently, Michael Shannon did not like the fourth wall-breaking format of the show. And he found it very difficult to work with, so that was his major beef with yeah. the script. It and awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just can't see it. The guy like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Nah, fuck that. I don't he know. I don't know what he, he doesn't get the vibe of an owner that like lives that lives the life, you know?
1: Yeah, and someone that's charismatic. Like, I mean, I think that's what I liked about Chauncey Bradley being in, yeah. in this character was that he broke the fourth wall so well. And he had that swagger. He had that fucking charisma. Like, yeah, he's perfect. I did have a couple people tell me that they didn't like him as Jerry Buster. They were like, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't, see it. And maybe they were relating to, like, the stepbrothers and Talladega yeah, Knights. I don't know. <laughs>
0: like, don't talk to those people. <laughs> like, delete their numbers. Ah, man. Some of them might listen, you
1: know? i Yeah, a-
0: well, they can keep listening, but don't talk to them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, well they really thought Michael Santa was gonna do a better job, yo. Know?
1: Like come on. Well I'm gonna keep talking to him, but I'm gonna tell you who stopped talking to uh their buddy Will Farrell. Um I guess really got pissed with Adam McKay over that situation and I guess they got beef Damn. now. I don't, like wow. I don't know if it's like on site I don't know if it's like on site type beef, but yeah, no, he's 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 pissed. Uh, if I was Adam McKay, I would just I would just forget about
0: it. <laughs> Come on, you're, like, in Oscar-nominated movies, leave Will Ferrell alone. Yeah, man. He's 2000 to 2009,
1: all right? That's kind of, like, some petty shit, though, like... Yeah. So, upon learning about the decision via phone call from Riley... So, I guess John C. Riley told Ferrell, like, hey, I got casted for this. Ferrell was so infuriated that he ended his friendship with McKay. Like, sounds like a breakup, dude. Oh,
0: well, I mean, yeah, Adam McKay's better off without him, all right? Right. when's the last time Will Ferrell's been tight? like...
1: Uh, what was that movie you did with um was Kevin Hart oh get hard get hard yeah you I would like that? that's probably like, I I thought it was cool
0: okay all right yeah it's yeah, yeah look, I'm sorry he's yeah look what do you call it Adam McKay is like has Oscar dominated films now right?
1: <laughs> he's doing just fine
0: yeah he doesn't need to keep carrying uh, Will Ferrell man all right like yeah I, I'm sorry like Will yeah. Ferrell I think it fell off after Land of the Lost. Y'all need to
1: squash the beef, man. Let, let's let's make it happen, Wiggins. We we're we're gonna we're gonna extend the olive branch for for Adam McKay. Did you
0: like Daddy Daddy's Home too? I didn't watch it. Okay, yeah, but uh, Will Ferrell. I know I know
1: John Cena was in that one, but I didn't I didn't watch it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Will Ferrell's in that. Um, obviously, yeah. Don't no. He sucked.
1: <laughs> All
0: right.
1: Fun fact: We won't be doing an episode on that. <laughs>
0: Good. Yeah, we won't ever do any like I like Will Ferrell. We're never gonna do any of the we're gonna, oh, do the campaign. we're gonna do the
1: campaign or something like that yo yeah, yeah. i mean we got midterms coming up why not right yeah. no yeah no yeah, no. That's a, yeah. No.
0: like yeah he like his last good move was the other guys let's be honest that was a good one i like yeah, that one do that
1: all right so switching back next award is hey what's that which is us spotting someone who had a cameo appearance a very brief cameo appearance and you may have not spotted them, so we're pointing them out for you.
0: Yeah, I uh, went with Edwin Hodge. He, if You know, him, he's the black guy that they're trying to—that they're like trying to protect in the house on The Purge. He played a player named Ron Boone.
1: Ron Boone, yeah, he was kind of an asshole. Yeah. Which uh, it almost seemed like he wasn't even gonna make the team, like yeah. the way he was uh, acting yep. in that episode. Trashy. <laughs> But they didn't really, like, show him that much um, until, like, really the last episode where Cream uh, well, goes... He
0: was, I think he was only on... I think he got removed from the team. Um, if I'm not... I think he got... Yeah, I think he got removed from the team.
1: And then they brought like, him before back?
0: They, before they won the title. They okay. The Jazz, I think.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah I, I thought was... I saw him on that last episode, though.
0: What's up?
1: I thought I did see him on the last episode. Uh, he
0: may have been, but... He actually uh, he used to have the, con- the consecutive game streak back in the day
1: though. Okay.
0: Before uh, AC Green broke
1: it. Yeah, that's insane. Shout out to AC Green. Yeah,
0: so man, everything starts with the Lakers. But... <laughs>
1: I'm before telling you. Lakers, uh, Lakers, I'm trying to tell you. Streak, yeah. Uh, so for me, actually, so I have two. Um, first one, I have Mike Epps uh, came in as Richard Pryor. Yeah. And I want to say that was an episode either. Two? Yeah. One or two? I think, yeah. Yeah.
0: Ignore Vixen, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know Mike Epps had been talking about how he's going to play Richard Pryor for a while. Yeah. And he hyped it up.
1: He hyped it up on on, uh, on the socials, and it almost seemed yeah. like, okay, like, is he going to do like a movie? Is you know, something coming up? And then it's like, oh no, he just played like a 10-second cameo yeah. on wasn't, Winning Time. Wasn't, wasn't good at it <laughs> I mean, I, I like Mike Epps. I fuck with him. Obviously, like, you know... Uh, as the host of Def Comedy Jam and like the Friday movies and you know everything else he's done but I think that there's a certain bar set for someone like Richard Pryor and yeah. I don't know
0: yeah you can't have Mike Epps Mike Epps can't play in Superman 3 just saying <laughs> I, I can see him doing Richard Pryor playing in Superman 3 yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't even, yeah he didn't even sound like him they should have Ari Spears play him. at least he sounds like him I mean he do an
1: impression yeah Harry Spears got the impressions game going on for sure yeah. uh so that was one and then my other one is um another comedian who I also like uh, Donnell Rollins nice. he was in the actually, last episode Larry. actually Larry. he was in the last episode um they didn't really give him a name like I know he's like an uncle because they they yeah. you know they speak to him as a relative but he's uh He's at Magic's family's house when they're watching the game on uh, on TV in the living room, and he says something that like pissed the mom off, and she kind of I don't know if it's like her brother, but like she basically checks him for like what no. he said.
0: It felt like they stole that from Jerry Maguire.
1: They probably borrowed
0: it. Yeah, I ain't Mike gonna lie. Has, Mike hasn't seen Jerry Maguire.
1: Uh, i seen bits and pieces of it.
0: Okay, all right, yeah. Gary Spears is in that. He gets checked by Regina. Regina uh, uh, James. Okay. Regina what's her name? Regina Bell. Regina Hall? Well, uh who's the one that does the voice on the Boondocks and was in Friday and Boys in the Hood? Uh the yeah, it's Regina That's Hall, right? right? Regina Hall, yeah. She, yeah. It,
1: yeah. And she was also in um
0: Enemy of the State. Yeah. Yeah. And if Bill Street and talk. Oh, yeah. And um that cop show based in LA, what's it called? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I remember yeah, I remember. All right, so we got a best moment.
1: Yeah, so another award specifically just for the series. So the best moment, the best moment that they portrayed.
0: Yeah, I went ahead and went with when uh, Larry Bird finally appears. I thought this was just absolute gold. He's out there, Bud Light, as trash. (laughs) He looks like his name would be Cody. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Just, yeah, trashy hick. Backwoods garbage, right? Uh, Let
1: me ask you this. Did you like how they portrayed him? Like, obviously, like, what you're saying is leaning into that. But, like, I had a few people tell me that they didn't like... One, they didn't like the char- the, the actor that played the character. And then, two, like, some people that said, like, oh, like, I just felt like they made him seem kind of, like, too uh, white trashy.
0: Yeah, I liked it in every capacity. The actor that played him, just amazing. I thought this is when the show absolutely took a turn for amazing. Um... I thought the casting of it was perfect. I don't know how Larry Bird is, but from what I heard, he's just a country, aloof, and arrogant. Um, you know, and I thought that this just, yeah, this just fit. I mean, I'll say this. This isn't in line with uh, his first appearance on the show, but, like, when they have him, like, hanging out with, like, the Confederate guys at the end. Yeah. Wasn't, that one wasn't tight, but when he first arrives or whatever, and... Like, doesn't want to talk to Magic, and he's just, like, chilling and blunt over at the press conference. Stole the show. Like He's I got the
1: Budweiser at the press conference, and he's yeah. just, yeah.
0: All right, people don't know, Larry Bird is one of my five favorite players ever. I was always a Larry <clears> person <throat> over a Magic person. I think Larry was a better basketball player. Uh, you know, um, I, so I'm uh, big on that, and I just thought, yeah, this is just legit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely respect his game. Um, I'm not a fan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, as a Laker fan, it's just it's blasphemous to, to be a fan of um, Larry Bird. But I thought his portrayal was great. I thought they did a great job of casting. Like I'm not gonna say they do look like him, but you know the makeup, the wig, prosthetics, like everything else. Like I felt like they, they did a good job of portraying him. And I think the Budweiser and like the trucker hats and the you know just the the clothes that he was wearing, like just was the cherry on top. To make him look like, you know, the hick that people said he was. Yeah. Like the country boy, you know?
0: Yeah, I thought he looked like uh, the Larry Bird that we see from the Indiana State game, in my opinion. Yeah, no,
1: with the long hair. Yeah, Yeah. which
0: would track well. But I think we tend to think of him as the Larry with the big nose and that little stash that was the same color as his hair or whatever. Um, With the Bill Clinton. We think of Larry Bird looking like Bill Clinton or something like that or Ellen. Um, We're thinking of, like, the
1: 92 Dream Team Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Not the early, like, mop-top fucking F is for family, 1970s Larry Bird. Yeah, I agree.
1: And I I think that's why, like, I was able to to relate to it, and I didn't think the casting was bad, because I've seen, you know, a lot of the documentaries about, like, the magic and Larry rivalry, and, and like you mentioned, you know, the college games and everything else, and I, I thought casting did a great job, but, you know uh so for me the best moment obviously you know where i'll go with this the lakers winning the championship uh, yeah. the first of many the first of the dynasty mm. what better way to end the this, this season of the show
0: i wish they would have ended it with season two in 1981 <laughs> when they don't
1: win it
0: well that year they lost to
1: the sixers i want to say
0: no, it was 83. 83? Okay. Yeah, so they. they 81, I think they lost sometime in the playoffs, and then this the Celtics beat the Rockets. and Then the next year, the Lakers beat the Sixers, and then the next year, the Sixers beat the Lakers. Okay.
1: And that was the last of the Sixers Lakers rivalry, because then it went yeah. into Lakers Celtics. Yeah, yeah. And then towards the end of the 80s, and the Pistons.
0: Yeah. 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 Really interesting time. Only uh, a few teams were relevant, then. Yeah, uh, I mean... Celtics, Lakers, Rockets, Sixers, Pistons, uh, and then I guess you can probably... And the Bucks were in contention, but they were always losing in the second round, I think. they Yeah, the Bucks used to lose to the... Apparently, the Bucks used to lose to the Sixers or the Celtics all the time. Like so six- they're kind of like the
1: Bulls, and the Bulls were always losing to the, the Celtics as well.
0: Uh, yeah, I think they lost them twice, and then lost to a few other teams. But yeah, to but no, the Pistons. They, I,
1: yeah,
0: but those '80s Bucks. I think they had six straight seasons where they lost to the Sixers or the Celtics, basically. Damn. Uh, yeah. But
1: Bucks fans, Bucks fans, be uh, definitely carrying that hate with this series going on right now. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that, that's what happened with Don Nelson with your coach. <laughs> uh, yeah, like no, lot no parity back then in the '80s, yo. Know? Yeah, man.
1: Well, listen, what better way to talk about the Celtics than to get into this next award? Uh, This is a Chris Wiggins favorite. I wish them nothing but the worst. Which, again, for all those first-time listeners, this is basically an award that we give to the character, or, in this case, the team that we hate the most.
0: Okay. So, yeah, uh, I'll start it out. So, Jerry Buss, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Norm Nixon, Ah. Spencer Haywood, (laughs) uh, ah, (laughs) fucking... Uh, what's who's that bastard's name? Mark Lander, uh, Mark Lander Shing, or whatever.
1: Um, oh, the white dude.
0: Yeah. All right. All of them. <laughs> all right.
1: Just say all of them.
0: Yeah, all of them. Every Los Angeles Lakers. Genie Bust too. All right. Uh, nah, man. Leave
1: my team's owner out of this.
0: All right. Yeah. So, just not. I'm not on, I'm not up to speed with it. Oh, also, special shout out to someone else I hate. Uh, Pat Riley, Paul Westhead as well, uh, Brad Holland, uh, let's see, Silk, uh, and Jim Jones and Marty Bynes as well. <laughs> also, Michael Cooper, who is not shown on in at all in this. Uh, sorry, Michael Cooper was shown. Sorry. I was gonna say, what the fuck, are you talking about? Sorry, I was gonna say Michael Thompson, but I know he wasn't there yet. Uh,
1: no, Michael Thompson came in later.
0: Yeah, yeah, my bad.
1: They traded for him.
0: Yeah, my bad.
1: Nah, it's all good. Um. Listen, shout out to everybody that Chris Wiggins wished nothing but the worst to because I obviously don't. I love every single one of those players. Um, But I'm going to have to go with, obviously, the Boston Celtics. And to add more to it, the fans because they also did a really good job of just making the fans seem like the absolute worst fan base. Well, they are. (laughs) But I mean, like, they portrayed it that way. Very well in the episode, like the way that the fans were like harassing the players, like talking shit. The way that the announcers were super biased, and the way that the refs were like also kind of like being unfair. Like they made it seem like a very unpleasant place to play. Place to play, mm-hmm. and obviously, like we have our resentment towards Boston sports fans. Like that's one of the few things that Chris Wiggins and I like share in common. Yeah. We don't agree on a lot of things, but we will agree that. Boston sports fans are probably some of our least favorites. Yeah,
0: like, Mike's usually wrong on a lot of the things that we discuss, and but uh, he is right about this uh, Boston sports like, <laughs> make, make no mistake, Boston women, I do like y'all. Obviously. All right. They have a special place in your heart. Yeah, but them Boston sports fans? <laughs> right in that
1: city? Nope. So let me ask you this. What do you do, then, when you meet a woman from Boston who steals your heart? Oh, I date them. But then, <laughs> I mean, but then she also, like... Like if y'all go on a date and she's like, "Oh, now I gotta watch this Celtics game." Like, what are you doing at that well, point? I don't,
0: I don't dislike the Celtics, so I don't have any
1: issues. All right, What if she's like, "Oh, I gotta watch this Red Sox game." Yeah, we're not, no, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> what if she's like, "We gotta watch this Patriots game." I uh, love absolutely Belichick. not happening.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not happen. No Tom Brady jerseys or shirts, like those little shirts that the girls wear with the where it's like a jersey, but it's just a T-shirt with the number on it, which I hate. Those do not get brought in my house. Not that, not Gronk, not Edelman, not fucking Antoine Smith, none of that, all right? Not even Drew Bledsoe. (laughs) All the Boston girls I know, they know the rule, right? Wiggins will shit-talk your city. You got to be okay with it. There it is. It's a deal-breaker. I will put up a a poll and compare your city against a cooler city, all right, all the time so that people choose against it.
1: All right, so let me ask you this. Worst fan base, Boston or Philly.
0: Philly. <laughs> yeah, like just straight up. Remember when Ghostbusters when they go and they first get the uh building that they're gonna use and they ask Egon what he thinks of the of the building. Yeah. And he says that the place should be condemned or whatever. Uh that's how I feel about all of Philadelphia. Oh man. Yeah. Trash. Oh, your
1: no Twitter mess. about to blow up, bro. Uh if y'all just heard like a thirty second pause, uh your is not messed up. It's <laughs> Because anyway, I went back and to edited out everything that Chris Wiggins just quoted Bill Burrish saying. About Philadelphia. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we know how you feel about that. Um, but I want to know how you feel about some of the actors in the series. So we're going to get into this next award. Keanu Reeves. Acting in monologues. Yeah,
0: Jeannie Buss, actually. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't think she was that good. Reacting like the reminiscing like her dad's daily antics, and all. Wasn't hyped on it. Uh, I know that she's supposed to play. She's, I don't know how old her character is supposed to be. Uh,
1: She's supposed to be like late teens. Yeah, like I want to say she's like a freshman or sophomore at USC. Okay,
0: all right. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me at all. I just thought that she was bland, mediocre, no gravitas, how we expect Jeannie Buss to be. Yo, but,
1: like, you know what's funny about this is, like, you don't hear anything about her being upset about how she was portrayed. Like, yeah, Je- Jeannie Bus hasn't said anything. Like, everybody else has gone on to, like, say, like, you know, it's inaccurate, they made him look dumb, blah, blah, blah. She so hasn't boy, said anything.
0: Well, they, they painted her in a positive light. Like, she's just a young girl, like, helping out her dad. Right. Yeah.
1: But I mean, like you know, with everything else they touched up on, like her relationship with her grandma, like everything else, okay, like yeah. I would expect her to maybe have something to say. But I mean, we haven't oh heard. Good point. Um, but I will say, you know, like I don't necessarily think that it was bad acting. Um, I will say that you know there wasn't as much of a connection that was established with her character, like you know I think some people related to her, because it's like, okay, you're the current owner of the Lakers, like your dad, you know, and you had a special relationship, you know, from yeah, him going on, with any of the on the show. yeah, just something was missing there, you know, like the storyline was there, you could see, you know, the way that they portrayed it, you know, Dr. Buss favored her, you know, the Gene Bean and everything else, yeah. but something there was missing, and I felt like, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I didn't like her, but I also didn't. Like have like any type of connection with her to say like oh I, I love her character the actor that played her and the actress that played her and I, I I loved her character like she was just there yeah that's a good point um I mean obviously it's about the Lakers so for me like I didn't have anything to nitpick about um so I'm just gonna jump straight to the next one Leon let mistakes and this is you know for those who don't know who Leon Lett is he's a uh, Football player who played for my team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who was known for making lots and lots of mistakes in critical time, when it mattered most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, you want to kick this one off?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Magic Johnson getting a chick pregnant. A lot of I mean, foreshadowing on lessons that he should learn.
1: But we be surprised, though.
0: No, not surprised,
1: but yeah. But the way he was acting on the show.
0: Well, of course, yeah. Uh, so, a lot of foreshadowing, right? Big Leon that mistake that will, unfortunately, its
1: ugly head, like, take your, uh, <laughs> <red part laughs> I mean, will we also say that it's a mistake on... Because, you know, they mentioned, obviously, like, the chick's homegirl is Cookie, and he ends up marrying her. So, like, would we also say that it's a mistake on her part for, like, oh, yeah, overlooking... Back, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's like, that's just dirty, bro. Like, he well, not we- only... When she shows up to
0: the door, and then he doesn't let her in, or and they're just talking at the door, and then the other chick, the big old Auntie which chick, comes out, or whatever.
1: She's like in the background, like yeah, basically naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was definitely that was the, that was shady on both sides. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm gonna have to go with Spencer Haywood relapsing and showing up to practice high and getting himself kicked off the team after kareem had already spoken to him and basically checked him and was like i'm gonna you know i'm gonna speak up for you like we'll let this pass but this is your only one and then he did yeah. it again yeah uh, he fucking could have won a ring dude <laughs> like he could have won a ring and could have gone down as part of that team and instead he let his addiction you know get the worst of him um I, and obviously like going into the inaccuracies like him putting out like a death threat or like a, a hit on oh, the yeah. Lakers like that was over exaggerated I did read an interview with him and he said that he did have resentment towards the team and did have feelings like oh like you know on some Chris Wiggins type shit like you know I wish them nothing but the worst but not to the extent that it's like oh I'm gonna put like a contract killer on you yeah
0: yeah no they're you
1: right yeah yeah but big mistake on his part and I'm sure he probably regrets it. Um, so I mean, last award, we don't have, obviously, Scott Bauer here with us, but the infamous Scott Bauer internet conspiracy, uh, we're just going to switch it up and turn this into the rumor mill, which we kind of already mentioned uh, earlier. Rumor has it that, and we don't know if this is for season two yet, but that there will be an upcoming season about Shaq and Kobe. and. To touch up on this with the typical Scott Bauer flair, um, I will say that perhaps the uh, Kobe Bryant being in the audience as a baby was intentionally um, written into the script for that reason. Like perhaps we'll start to lead into this buildup um, with the series, but you know,
0: we don't know yet. Yeah, Mike, you should be in the uh, you should be in the next shot with Kobe. As what? Devin George. <laughs>
1: I actually, I actually fucked, there you go, yeah, there you go, I mean, anything can happen, man, put me on stilts, fuck it, you know, I'll be Eduardo, Eduardo Najera, yes, yeah, listen, that's all we got for today, no, 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 I do have something
0: to say to you, oh, 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 okay, we few, we happy. We band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother.
1: It's a quote out of Paul Westhead's uh, Shakespeare.
0: Yes, do you know what, do you know what, uh, sonnet, I guess that's from?
1: Sonnet, no, I don't know exactly which one it is. Take guess. Um, I'm gonna go with Hamlet. No, better.
0: Oh, uh, was it Romeo and Juliet? Henry V, Okay. Which uh, I know you have not been versed in, but it is probably the best, in my opinion, is the best uh, Shakespeare play. Uh, when he when he gave that speech, I knew exactly that it was from uh, that, it was, that it was from Henry the Fifth, and I was like, this is fucking metal as hell. You know, I was with it. All right, I, I didn't like any of some of his other quotes that he's like they're kind of weak and <laughs> done out of I don't know uh, out of fear or whatever. But this one, I thought that it was actually appropriate for where they were at.
1: No, I, th- I think that's a good point. Um, did you like the actor that played him?
0: No. <laughs> I well, I didn't like the portrayal. I don't know how Paul Westhead is. I I, in everything I've seen, because he, he has a 30 for 30, he doesn't seem weak and unassured.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely made him seem weak at the beginning. And then he kind of had a wow. quick turnaround. But I will say, like, the um, the actor that played him, what's his name, uh, Jason, Jason Siegel? Yeah. Uh, I like him and obviously like we've seen him in certain drag comedy movies, right? Like forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall um, and so like I was a little surprised to see him in this role, but I was also like happy for him. I was like, "Okay, cool. Like, you know, he switched it up cuz too many times you see people get thrown into like uh, the same characters in different movies."
0: Yeah. I think Bill Pullman, if he was still around, would have been a better uh, Westhead, just by how they look.
1: I mean, I, I thought Jason Siegel did a good job. I also, um, and I know we talked about this offline, but you hated Adrian Brody yeah. uh, being casted as as Pat Riley. I thought he Not did a good job. Not sexy enough. Not sexy enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Pat Riley obviously had, like, a certain flair to him, like, you know, he's a little serious, but he had, like, the swagger, you know, the slick back hair, and like... I'd, obviously, like, this is before that time frame, and so, like, he's still okay. kind of, like, in that 70s, you know, kind of long hair vibe, but I thought Adrian Brody did a good job. Um, maybe the casting could have been a little bit different. I don't know, but anyway, uh, closing thoughts, listen, Lakers, best dynasty, I would say, ever, um, with obviously, like, contention to... Um, contention to the 60s, 70s Celtics that won, like, what, eight championships in a row, I mean, against a bunch of cab drivers. Uh, <laughs> I will say that some of these other supposed dynasties, like the Warriors of the 2000s, just, they don't... They're unmatched. I mean, they didn't have... They didn't add enough to... well They didn't add enough to the game, I guess, outside of Steph Curry's three-point shots to for me to look at them the same way that I look at the Showtime Lakers, but... I think they're forever going to be etched in history as a team that changed the game. And I think that Jerry Buss will forever be portrayed as a pioneer to the game for changing the way um, that the game really went down because we didn't get into the Laker girls or Paul Abdul. But, you know, that really changed the halftime shows, the way that we look at now, like the dance routines and everything else um, that we see today. So, for me, it's the show's giving credit where credit is due. For some closing thought. <laughs> giving credit to the <laughs> closing for so, monologue. Uh, listen, uh, I got I to gotta go out in Paul Westhead style. So I don't give a shit if the Lakers suck right now and we didn't make the playoffs. They're a dynasty team. They're forever going to be etched in history. And uh, Chris Wiggins is going to give you guys a little sneak peek of what's coming up next. But um, for me, I'm out.
0: Yeah, we're doing Friday Night Lights next. Um, my closing thought. Listen, guys, watch. Watch Winning Time. Watch it multiple times. Let them know we want more seasons of this. This is riveting. Basketball on screen It's truly an amazing thing. So, Mike, this is wonderful, man.
1: Yes. Thank you guys for joining me. And uh, I know some of you probably think that, you know, we're always doing HBO shows and we're not getting paid. (laughs) It just happens that way. We should be getting paid by the way that we shot them out. So, I mean, this isn't an ad, but. Showtime shows like the best lady. This ain't an ad, but, like, I mean, if y'all want to cut the check, you know, hit a Wiggins.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, everyone, for benders, we're deassembling. We out. This episode was produced by Miguel Padilla and Chris Wiggins.